It's back. We're back. It's the Bottled Soccer Podcast, episode 120, if my memory serves correct. And it's the two guys, two mics, two pints show for the new year. And uh, how's uh, how are you feeling in the, in this new year, man? Oh, I'm so so happy. You know, first part of the year, uh, 120, signifying the last minute in regulation. Really, uh-huh. it's poetic. I- I'm so so happy. Uh, well, dude, you kind of don't look happy, man. Oh, m- more than you believe. <laughs> more than you believe. I mean, happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, whoever uh, knows that for trivia, yeah. that's that's a classic pep yeah, line. That's a nice little call out. I, I, I love it because it always resurfaces around this time of the year, so mm-hmm. people nail it to death. But yeah, man, it's it's cool. It's 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 quite crazy because it's it feels like it should be the halfway point of the season, but it's not quite. You know, we're, we're still about we're just like yeah, a few weeks off. Like you a, know? Day, a gamer, uh, yeah, match week or two. Yeah, and but man, so excited with with what I've seen so far from everyone. Oh yes, a lot of great. Teams, great games, cup football's back. Ah, love it. The magic. Yep. And it's like a game every three, four days. It's nonstop. You yeah, know? yeah, no, they're catching up. Uh, not Like you said, not just uh, league fixtures, but uh, cup, cup football. And um, yeah, it, it's been such a, such a huge difference. Like, a lot of the passion's gone from like casual fans, like my friends. Some of my friends actually have gotten more into it. I, I think say, it's it's kind of cool. People are people are are a little more like stoked to see it. Like the other day, Mbappe and Hakimi went to a, a Nets game. Yeah, and Mbappe got a loud ass roar in the arena. Whereas maybe you know six months ago, a year ago, he wouldn't get that. Yeah, no, it's it's been like a exponential growth. <laughs> Is he the new face of football? I think he I think he might be. He's well on his way. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I feel that there's like right now a not only like a thirst but everybody's looking for that figure in football now that we've seen you know Ronaldo kind of dwindled down into new territory which we'll talk about in a second and then Messi who seems like he 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 hit his apex now like mm-hmm. nothing's going to get better than this for him mm-hmm. for for his fans for all that so it's yeah, like sure. it definitely seems like it's it's a new era, and I think yeah, yeah. Mbappe, and, and Mbappe the, headlines the, the that. The crazy thing is, is, people already knew about Mbappe. Yeah, and I guess it's good for his career, like marketing wise, that like the American audience is um, is kind of is kind of paying attention to him, and, and he's becoming a recognizable figure. For me, though, I will say, currently, and and maybe it's bias of me, but I still hold Neymar as far as. Um, not only marketing, but just you know achievements and stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's, that's fair considering he's been their ages. For, you yeah, know, a good while too. But yeah. that for me is another guy that if if you see him anywhere, everybody knows who he is. Yeah, exactly. He's almost like at that Messi Ronaldo you, level. You know, it's it's funny that we're talking about like public figures um, and like faces of football because I think that fits in really well to what I wanted to bring up. And um, I guess it's sad. Well, it, it is sad. It's it's really. It's sad, but we we did talk about it last week, and you did aforementioned that it's like it's kind of almost it's been knocking on the door for a while. Yeah, now, yeah, as yeah. far as health issues and yeah, it's crazy that he made it to the World Cup. So maybe his body is just like I got to see Brazil win. But, ah, that sucks. You know, it's sad that they didn't. But yeah, Pele, uh, Edson Arantes do Nascimento passed away. Actually, the very following day uh, after we talked about it on the pod. Uh, I don't think we brought up his health issues from before, or maybe we glossed over. You did. I I remember because I was. I feel like I was very. I get me. We all were. We were very sad about it. At the same time, though, like reeling it back to reality. 
the past two years have been a battle for Pele, not mm-hmm. only with like COVID, but also, you know, all, yeah, all these yeah, mixtures yeah, yeah. of things that yeah. take a toll on, on a body that's so old, so accomplished. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Now, well, what are your reflections on that? Though? Well, like, like before that, I did write something and this is not something I've ever done for the pod. It's not like a poem or anything. It's just the kind of words that came to me. And I, I'm sorry if this is cheesy. No, no, no. I kind of wanted to read it. Yeah. Um, damn. King, uh, like whatever language you speak, the Bele was fluent in football. He showed us all that he was so fluent in football. And to me, uh, you know, King, like it, there's just so many faceless, nameless kings in history across any kind of uh, any kind of like industry or or even territory. It almost feels like an injustice to to just call him that because he was the face of the beautiful sport. To me, it's eternal. And that's what uh, Bele seemed like. It always seemed like he was going to be around. Like you never, you never really got that feeling that he was uh, ever going to leave. And, and it, it was always Bele's smile. Anytime he came on, people were just looking at him. Uh, so it, it felt like, like he was the sport in a way. Mm-hmm. So we're right now we're left with his records, the special moments and memories, and all the contributions to the sport that he gave. On top of the everlasting legacy that that his legend will forever have. So as it stands, enjoying the beautiful game feels like our way of honoring his memory. Yeah. Rest in peace, Bella. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, and uh, yeah, those very very touching words. I mean, along the same lines, is, is it almost encapsulates what I felt. Uh, I mean, the moment I found out, I was like, wow. I mean, it, it hurts you, but then you see some of the images, right? Everybody does not only their kind of tributes to him, but True. there's pictures and videos. You know, the video of him in Maradona, that, that one really tugs at your heartstrings a bit. Yeah, yeah, and, the, the, yeah, the ball. And I love, and I'm sure you've seen this, but we had even referenced it prior, um, you know, wait, maybe a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. But there's videos of, like, Pelé's skill moves that he would execute that are stuff that players still do to this day that had not been seen before. Yeah. And it kind of just is a testament that, you know, even though he's not here physically, his effect on the game will be infinite. It's always going to be around. And uh, well, he's going to be the one that everyone's going to, that everyone has been compared to. Yeah, um, yeah. So back in the day, you know, it's the Stefano Cruyff or Cruyff, Maradona. Uh, you can even throw in guys like maybe Beckenbauer, Platini, uh, Platini, and more recently guys like Zidane, uh, and obviously Messi and Ronaldo, both Ronaldos really. Yeah. Um, so th- that's like th- that's going to be the benchmark for everybody moving forward. And really, I don't really see anybody getting the three World Cups that he did. He got one very young at seventeen, which is legendary. And yeah. Two more as as the focal point for the Brazil team. Having one is amazing. Two, basically unheard of. Three, I don't know if we're going to see that anytime soon. Yeah, you it's know? I don't. It doesn't seem achievable in the modern game, um, with with the world being so talented and competitive now, as opposed to back then. And an expanded World Cup, so it used to be even smaller. Yeah, yeah. Even I mean, for for teams like Uruguay to have won it, and you know, <laughs> like, it's it's pretty insane. But yeah. that doesn't negate the fact that this guy, 
he, he's a legend and, and we'll be remembered for that. And I think I remember texting you this, but I'm like, I'm so jealous of the people that were able yeah. to enjoy him in mm-hmm. their lifetimes because as a kid, you were all, you would always hear about Pele, but you never appreciated him because you only saw him as an older you man yeah. uh, who, who obviously was wise, always in, in good spirits, it seemed like. It's a guy that controversy never surrounded him. I was going to say, too, the, you yeah. never hear any bad things about him as a, as a private individual. Yeah, yeah. In fact, you hear more good things than not, and, and it's not something you always associate with the best athletes in the world. Everyone's like uh, recantations of of their memories with him is when he would talk to you, it was like you were the only person in the room. Yeah. Which, you know, for a figure like that, it's important. And, like, the weight that his person had was incredible. No, surely, surely, man. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, will sorely be missed by, you know, the world. But, like yeah. we said, his legacy will, for, will forever live. And, um, you know, can't wait to, uh, you know, tell my kids about, you know, some of the players that I enjoyed and mm-hmm. some of the players I didn't even get to enjoy mm-hmm. but were in my vicinity of my yeah, lifetime. Yeah, you can, you can, without any question, be like, yeah, he was one of the best. Yeah. I can tell you I've never sat down and watched a full Pele game, a full Madonna Cripe game. No, no. But with full confidence, I can say with my chest that yeah, these guys are some of the best. Mm-hmm. And all we have are clips. Uh, and and there right. are full games out there, but it's kind of tough to watch. Yeah, <laughs> football, is, football is different back then, but yeah. you can only be... A product of your environment and mm-hmm. he I think what everybody can almost unanimously agree on is Pelé was ahead of his time you know just well, way ahead of his time well even in like the the last years of his life or last years of his um of his professional career he goes to the U.S. and is drawing out crowds yeah with you know, the pe- people know who Pelé was. people aren't even they don't know about football but they know Pelé and they know he's a much must watch show that that on its own Said yeah. a whole lot. I did like that picture too. Of uh, it was a a poster in in Mexico that said, oh, "Today we don't work. <laughs> Today we're gonna watch Pele." You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's the translation, and you know, it, it's just a testament that the way we idolize Messi and Ronaldo now. Um, that's the way guy, history idolizes Pele, and that's yeah, and it's something that again, like we we appreciated firsthand. We continue to appreciate. The people 20 years from now that are just maybe getting into the sport will not quite understand. And, and we'll be the older heads talking about, no, Pelé era, era un, un fenomeno, you know. Mm-hmm. And you, you just heard it, but you never quite saw it. Aside from the archives, right? But, right, right. But yeah, man, uh, you know. Sad times for football. But, for sure. You know, yeah. it, just, it kind of goes to show how much we enjoy and how much it means to everybody. So that community exists, and it's a very real thing. It's just a sport at the end of the day. But the sport means a lot to a lot of people, including us. No, for sure. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's one of those moments that does transcend just sports, right? Yeah, it's like, exactly. Uh, yeah. People do like to reduce sports to this superficial thing, and it's very simplistic and unimportant when people don't realize how far from the truth that can be. Um, and yeah, Billy yeah, was a reminder. <laughs> yeah, for no, sure. For sure. Yeah, that's a tough one. Like one quick aside is I remember, uh, man, it was like maybe a year ago or a year and a half getting a haircut and I don't know my, my barber was talking about like his kid playing football and um, his kids team was playing against some other kids that were much better and he used like yeah the, the kid was like great like like Pele and in my head I'm like dude 
Like uh, that's not a name you just like, casually yeah, throw that's up. Like, um, I don't know. We have so many other names. Like you could say Messi, you could say Ronaldo, Neymar, but the fact that he said Pele, like, so obviously he doesn't watch football or doesn't know anything about it. To me, it was like an interesting callback that, like, damn, like you really don't know. But at the same time, you recognize that Pele is probably the greatest of all time. Uh, yeah, I you was know? going to reference that. Like, uh, I think anybody who grew, was grow, growing up around that time, and I think Alexi Lalas also like referred to this as like he put soccer on the map even in the U.S. and especially when he came to the New York Cosmos. Mm-hmm. Another cool thing is that you, you don't see this in players anymore, but. Money was was thin back then, so these guys would even make movies and and do acting. I don't know if you've seen any of the. That's you all know, yeah, so it's like uh, back in the day. It's uh mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and it's crazy because as a kid, like that just blows your mind. You think it's real, but I mean that that was who Pele was. He he really did bring the game to a broader scale, especially here in the states. He was just that good though. But yeah, he had yeah. that charisma. He had, he's yeah, like the Michael the Jordan of soccer. If, yeah. if that if that fits yeah. it, you know. Oh, I mean, he. I I don't know. If, if Michael Jordan necessarily had that, he was just like that good where it was impossible to ignore. Well, the soccer is ne- globally it's just bigger, yeah, but you know yeah. you go around the world, everybody knows Jordan. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. That's true. Yeah, you know, wear the shoes and all that. But yeah, R.I.P. to a goat to the goat for some, and I think respectfully, I mean, respectfully, so, it's it's hard to deny that it's it's a hard one to debate, uh, especially like you said, the three World Cups. I mean, I don't <laughs> think anybody will is going to come close. Uh, well, not really. I should say. I mean, I, I can mean, see Bobby people getting damn close to the second one. I know. I was gonna say somebody's gonna hit the two, but to get three though, I mean, that's that's tough. Well, stars yeah. have to align. It's because it's not even just about the individual. It's the team, the the yeah, head exactly. coach. I mean, like the first one, he wasn't even like a focal point. And you know, Ronaldo, the Brazilian, got two World Cups, I think. As yeah, well. yeah. Maybe even Cafu and Rivaldo were part there's, of that. There's there's the, um, some German players. Oh no, well, I think. I think in the past, if I'm not mistaken, that did did it, but either way, <laughs> yeah, it's it's something. It's so the fact that we don't know right offhand just kind of goes to show. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. I guess one last thing before we move on from Pelé is a lot of people would detract from his career as a whole because he'd never played in Europe. Uh, but that's that's forgetting the fact that he played in Brazil when Brazil was the best league in the world. Yeah, uh, South America was just much more, and, and the friendlies that he did play in talented. Europe, he tore them up because they would, they would, Santos would do a world tour. Yeah, and I think at one point my dad would tell me this, like, and maybe this is just part of the legend. I don't know if it's actually true, is that he was declared a Brazilian like property where he he wasn't allowed to transfer from Santos oh, because shit. he belonged to them. So you see, I don't know if that's necessarily true, and I never looked into it. It could be, but that's probably like one of those things that old heads told each other growing up and stuff. That yeah, yeah. But yeah, he never left Santos. Um, but again, anytime they did play friendlies against the European teams, he was he was giving them the work. I know that kind of sucks, though, right? I mean, I mean, despite people maybe claiming, I, I don't know, know if Brazil was Europe the best. In such a high regard now. Yeah, yeah. It's and, just and they always played against each other. We don't know. And I mean it from more of a club perspective. Like, I would have loved to see... Because, I mean, let's be real. We think about Pelé. As much as some people will know about, uh, you know, Santos and even later in his career with the Cosmos, I mean, it would have been cool to be able to attribute him to maybe a Madrid side or a Barcelona or, or an sure. AC Milan or an yeah. Ajax. Like, that would have been really neat. So that kind of sucks. But, I mean, regardless, I mean, this guy is, is un crack. But, the, yeah, there are clips of him doing what he always did against... Like those those big fear teams. 
<sighs> but can can you do it on a Wednesday night in Stoke? He did. Apparently he did. Yeah. Apparently he Fun fucking fact. did. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's funny. Uh, I think someone even looked up an almanac to see if it was raining that day. I think it was. <laughs> that's hilarious. Fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there were a lot of people coming off of the top shelf saying he's a great player and all, ma- magnificent international career. But I'm sorry, son. He's not. He's not even as good as a League Two player. Oh God. Yeah. Did did that one do your head in? Like today in today's game, <laughs> hey, I mean, how do you yeah. compare what he was doing then to today's game? The He's comparing him to Daryl DK. Ooh, that's <laughs> that's bottom of the barrel. Um, yeah, no, it's tough, and you know, I, I guess this is also like a digression. When people say, "Oh, if X player or fighter or whatever, you know, played in today's era with today's nutrition and all that," who's to say that? that they even would want to or that they would even put in that kind of work or or that they had that work ethic back then. Because a lot of those guys, dude, they were smoking in that era. Hmm. Di Stefano was a heavy smoker. Yeah, no, a lot of these guys like were. The, these guys were just, like, that much better than everybody. In, in today's game, you have to put in a lot of work. And we're, we can't guarantee that they had that kind of mindset. Yeah, by the way, uh, another, like, fun, like, fact about Pelé, too, is he took care of his... Uh, health like very well in a time where yeah you said players were drinking and smoking he actually did his best to stay away from that i'm sure maybe like championship wins like you you do but apparently he really was about his health you know okay and that's kind of cool because i guess that's something that is more of a positive you know role model for for the kids but but yeah man uh yeah those takes are are you know i think they're just trying to wind people up don't feed the troll but in some instances, you have to. Yeah, like, he, to he, he took it too far. Yeah, I called him a dickhead. Um, but anyway, yeah, rest in peace, King. The sport's going to miss you, but the sport thanks you for all your contributions. And on uh, on a more hot topic, I know, we, I know this is drastically changing things, but this was, like, hot news out of uh, USMNT. Yeah. Um, well, especially Twitter, but... Uh, U.S. Men's National Team uh, uh, head coach Greg Berhalter um, was the center of a um, scandal of a scandal uh, concerning something that happened over 30 years ago. I was just a wee lad. Oh, yeah. And um, I think when you initially get the news, it was like, why are we bringing this up if they hashed it out? Because I think he got ahead of it. I think he tried to get ahead of it. Yeah. No, but, he, he did. He did. Okay, so uh, so what happened was apparently there were some allegations that the coach was being blackmailed by an unnamed individual that was bringing up some old news to, uh, yeah. to the U.S. Federation. And uh, this happened during the World Cup, and it stems around uh, an event between... Uh, Berhalter and his now wife, and I guess he kicked her, they broke up, and a few months later they hashed things out, and you know they've been together ever since. So we're talking about a 30-plus year relationship um, that, that seemingly you know, moved on from whatever happened that day, you know, in the fucking 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, well, as it turns out, it was... Uh, Claudio Reina and his wife 
Claudio Reyna, USMNT. Mostly, mostly his wife, though. Sure, sure, but yeah. you know, he had to know, too. No, of course. I mean, I'm sure course. they were both upset. Yeah. Um, yeah, apparently uh, Claudio Reyna's wife was Burhalter's wife's roommate. Roommate, friend. Friend, uh, confidant, yeah. in that time when, when all that transpired. And, uh, you know, you, I guess it stems around Gio Reyna not being, not playing so much, or being told that he wasn't going to play. Yeah. And that was my guess. As soon as, I, uh, we talked about this before, Burhalter took uh, Gio Reyna aside and said, hey, you're not going to be playing a whole lot, which I think is a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Not not for the fact that you're not playing probably your most talented player, but the fact that you're telling him in advance. I think like, both are are because, indefensible, r- right? On their um, own, yeah. And um, and then Gio Reyna, uh, as as a consequence of that, was I don't know. I guess shitty in training, right? Yeah, leading up to the World Cup, and he was. I'm I'm just going to assume just going through the motions and you know pouting and. Just not giving any effort. That's that's what indications were anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if it was true about him almost being kicked off, like voted off. Yeah. And so I, was, was way, that disputed? Yeah. No, I mean, I I think it's still it's still the truth. But like, say if he would have left, that would have only opened the can of worms earlier too. So maybe it was in Greg's best interest to just still keep him on. But yeah, that's everything you're saying has happened up until now. And. and and yeah, it just stands. It, it to me. I don't. I don't think Burhalter is in the wrong in terms of, like, I don't think he's a bad guy in all of this. I think. I think he handled things badly, and and again, I think Joe Reyna is the most talented player for the for the national team. So you should you shouldn't dismiss what his role was, but also I don't know if if those kind of threats came beforehand. We don't know at what time he was made aware of this. It was only disclosed now, yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah, regardless, though, I mean, if the reports are true, which, I mean, they seem to be true, everybody's, you know, it's been on the record, and I think it's it's just uh, overdone by, by the Reyna family. I don't... These steps should have never been taken. While we don't know if it was intentional, and because according to them, it, it was told to a source on a personal level, not with with not in, no intention of of that being voiced, uh, but but it was as a consequence of them being pissed that Gio wasn't going to play a whole lot. Well, you know, there was a lot of conversations had between you know the you know McBride, Winalda, Gio Reyna's dad. They talk amongst themselves, and I'm sure things were said right and. Things got leaked, and and this is what it came down to. But I just don't want any of this to distract from the fact that Gio Reyna is one of the best players, like you said. Greg Berhalter, the time is up. You know, he's got to go. And regardless if this even surfaced, he still should have been leaving. Well, I think this surfaced in... As a way to, to get that to happen or to expedite that, right? It's a it, it definitely puts another nail in the coffin. However, even though uh, Ernie Stewart has said that you know he's as of now he's still a candidate to you know, uh, you know re resign, mm-hmm. not resign, <laughs> even though they're just spelled similarly. And I I wouldn't want that for the national team. Not to mention the fact that this puts Gio Reyna in a in a real weird spot, you know. Uh, yeah, so it, I com- think it's- it, it makes him come off as petulant, and well, we we already knew that he came off that way because of 
of everything that happened. And I think that's what pissed people off, too, or pissed the family off, is that uh, Berhalter was so public about a player that remains to be unnamed. And everyone kind of was like, oh, that's obviously Gio. Because there, there was this... He remember? doesn't look happy. He hasn't played. Yeah, yeah and, and yeah. And there's a video of, I think, the U.S. celebrating... Was it... Was it a win? I yeah, think yeah. It was the they, win they were coming back stage. to their hotel. Yeah. yeah, and they were all celebrating. And he's kind of like... Slow. Like he's kind of he's like, just like punching. Like, yeah, yeah, just... He's not with it. So it's kind of obvious that he was talking about uh, Reyna or Gio. And I guess his family got... I don't know. It just came off as as the family stepping in too much. And it, if they really did have that kind of hand in it... I, I think it's... I think it's a bad look for for the family you know yeah yeah no for sure and but like even be- before this like i think greg berhalter should be out you know and that's that's the it looks bad on the u.s if they continue employing him well so, yeah but everybody's looking bad and i, in I just yeah I, I i just think that like this shouldn't have an impact first of all right yeah but and, it will though it will yeah this is yeah, the definitely. most turbulent that a u.s locker room has been in my whole time following the national team even with Klinsman, there were small little, you know, bouts going on, but it was resolved and it wasn't this big. because Klinsman's a prick. Well, uh, well, one thing about Klinsman is tactically he didn't always get things right, but what one thing I respected is he he did his best to pick the best players to put out, regardless of what club you played for, but he did favor European players a little more to the point that we left off one of our legends, Landon Donovan. But he made those tough decisions. I think Gio has every right to be pissed. I think his parents have every right to be pissed when Jordan Morris is seeing the field before you. Guys like Jesus Ferreira. Guys that you didn't call up, like like Ricardo Pepe and Pifak. When you don't call those guys up in favor for guys that are MLS players that aren't even that transcendent to begin with. You could have gone Milhalovic. He would have been more justified than, than Morris. It's, so, like, that for me... That's what really causes all of this. and But the fact that... The Reyna family took it too far, sure. The, yeah, the fact that... Uh, I mean, basically, what's a glorified bystander? And I know that Gio Reyna captained uh, the national team for two World Cups. I know he's a legend. He was a great player on his day. Oh, yeah, one of the best that we've Yeah, had. yeah, yeah. Um, but the precedent that that, that that could set where if a legend of the team is upset... And that is not necessarily their son. Maybe it's a guy that plays for, like, say, Lennon Donovan's, <clears throat> you know, his team. One of his players is not getting the treatment that he thinks it deserves. You know what I mean? Like, if he feels like he's not getting the right treatment from whatever manager and they can speak out and make it happen, I think that sets a terrible precedent. And, and it also adds to the, uh, to the sort of um, nepotism that the U.S. team has had. And that includes Berhalter's hiring. That includes... Him actually even being there, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think most managers that maybe underperformed at the World Cup lost their job by now. A few are still hanging on by a thread, but most of them lost their job already. I was expecting the same kind of reaction as a as a federation. But the general consensus for the U.S. Uh, like the U.S. in particular is that they did good. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's fine. But good is not good enough, though. Yeah, you want to be great, right? I, th- I, I, I would think so. Yeah, with, with such a, a right, a but budding, every, but everyone that that fired their managers. Like, they weren't happy with where they went, and, he, and some even went further, right? I, I mean, I don't think the U.S. was happy where, where they ended up either. I mean, sure, my my goal was to get out of the group. A lot of the guys were, like, proud, and... I, I, I was, too. I, 
But not 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 to an extent where you rehire a guy though. Like not 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 to the point where I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely want more of this. Well, I wouldn't have kept him because of how he performed. I just don't think he's that great of a manager. But I had been saying that. No, but you know, I would say his his World Cup performance was. What I think they led, did exactly what I thought they would do. Yeah, but you know, this is the thing though. When we played Mexico, we played our best eleven. No fucking about. You know, we played our best eleven. Gio Reyna featured. All of our best players available featured. In the World Cup, you don't do that, my boy. Like, this is the, the world. You, not only did you wor- ruin your chances to win, you ruined the chances for a young guy who really should have deserved to play more in the World Cup, right? And now you just tarnished the World Cup 2022 and, and for Gio Reyna. And yeah. speaking of that, you know, Gio Reyna being upset, at, you know, just fucking about and, and training after finding out that he's not going to feature, that's, that's in line with a 19, 20-year-old's mentality or or attitude yeah finding out some disappointing news so i I don't think it should be like an indictment on on his personality or yeah or him as a player it sucks and you don't want to see it because there's other players that are probably a little like better at taking that kind of thing oh it shouldn't be a knock against him at this point now if he's fucking 25 26 behaving that way yeah then we could start talking about that but yeah like rabio you know those kind of dudes that's (laughs) different and but i think for one, a player acting like that isn't correct, I have to say. It's not good, no. But I think it was justified given what happened. Like the, the like I said, all that comes into play for me is, wait, but you gave that guy a chance. Like, yeah. it ain't no way that yeah. you're playing him against me, you know I mean, ahead of me. And I think anybody would react poorly to that. And it's not justified. There are speculations that, and I don't know how, how much truth there is to this, but um, for those who know, Claudio Reyna does occupy a, a head position at the Austin uh, FC team. Sporting director. Yeah, sporting director. And, you know, uh, Burhalter's kid plays there. And apparently, I don't know if he was cut or he doesn't play at all. So, something to that effect. And people are, are you know, kind of stretching no, a bit and, and those, saying that could be possible. Those, those things can definitely interject a little bit. They, they, they do have an impact because these people are people. Yeah. And as much as we want to say, oh, yeah, Claudio Reyna is being a, a helicopter dad, well, maybe Burhalter is, you know, taking it out on on his on Claudio Reyna's son, you know. Yeah, yeah. It just so happens to be that Claudio Reyna's son is actually one of the best players for the national team. And like, you know, don't don't even forget. I mean, he's seen as one of the best like under twenty threes in the world. Like, if you see the list, he's up there. Yeah. The only thing that has hampered him is are the injuries. But the funny thing is, first friendly back, he hits a banger from outside the box. Like, not, like <laughs> this is this is who I am. Now, you know, the work ethic is, is yet to be seen. The longevity as far as staying healthy is yet to be seen. Those are my worries with Gio Arena. But, you know, I would hate to see Greg Berhalter stay at the helm and that mean that Gio Arena is always going to no, be in well, an that, awkward spot. That would definitely be, like, that would be a... Like an Icardi uh, Argentina situation. That would be a huge blow to Gio Reyna's national team stock development. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we're at with the U.S. right now. And, um, it, and, it, and it's pretty still spicy. developing. It's pretty spicy. Another interesting thing that we we talked about as well. Um, you know, uh, funnily enough, the way things happen, it, it almost seems like there's a, a whole PR movement with some of the anti Burhalter people. Because today, Ricardo Pepe. Uh, comes out on a podcast in in Netherlands just kind of going through what it was like when he found out that he was not going to be on the national team for the World Cup. Hmm. 
And, you know, he blatantly says, like, yeah, like, I, I picked up the phone. They told me I wasn't going to be on the team. And I hung up immediately. And then the guy's like, you didn't explain yourself? I was like, no, nah, I was in shock. And I, you know, I was upset. Obviously, anybody would, right? Yeah. And that, just to say that that was recorded today or yesterday or the day before, you know, that, yeah. that could have been recorded last week or even. Like, it could have, for sure, for sure. But as, as and we know this because we do podcasting, when you drop some shit, like, especially if it's Pepe, you're dropping it within the, within 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Let, let's be real. Sure. I, I don't think you hold on but to that. But I think that. it's a. It's a Dutch podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, when anytime you 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 have a, an athlete on, I mean, you want your shit to be out. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, though? For sure. But you know, I guess just basically to forefront that right now things are not looking good for Burhalter. And I, and I will say I, I did support him, and I, I was a fan of his. Right, sure leading were. up to the World Cup, that's when I I figured all right, he's he's been good, but you got to go for better. You you can't. And I think you know, like what you said. Staying away from the nepotism, bringing in a completely foreign body into our system that has fresh ideas, zero connections with any player, any f- past team. Yeah, exactly, team. exactly. It's just like a fresh mind that's going to see what's going on between the white lines. I, I think That's all. I think a lot of people, too, are, they get caught up in the nationalism that, that involves managing a national team where emotions are very much, and I think too much a factor. And I, and I look to... Mexico, like when when a lot of the the you know the punditry is caught up in. Well, he doesn't understand the Mexican player, or he doesn't know Mexican football. He doesn't know what it means to sweat the Mexican we, jersey. Yeah, but I know what it means to sweat a national team jersey. You know, Klinsman, Pochettino, all those guys they played at high levels for for their for their own national team. So they understand and what it's like. High levels too, but yeah. they but they can go in with with a clear mind and not be. Not be caught up in history. Like, maybe if... And maybe Tata Martino isn't a good example because he still brought in Guardado and, and Ochoa. And Ochoa's a little more justified than Guardado, but, you know, you're not bringing in someone that's considered a legend. Always. And, and Klinsman did that, like you said, with, with Landon Donovan. And you're not caught up with the nepotism. You, well, why would you bring in Jordan Morris? You know what I mean? Yeah, for Why beginners. would you bring in uh, uh, Jesus Ferreira? Right. When you have options like Pepe, DK, you know, PFOC, why would you bring those guys having the other options? Like, objectively speaking, those guys are better and they're performing at at probably the same level within their leagues, which are regarded higher than the MLS. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah, you got, I think if we're going to be, and maybe it's not necessarily always true, but if we're going to be objective, like someone with, with an even mind, is best for the national team to make hard decisions because hard decisions are always a factor. And when you're when the stakes are the World Cup, you want to give yourself the best chance. And I don't know if Berhalter actually did that. Yeah, maybe he played it safe. Maybe he he I, was uh, thinking of hmm, I don't want to risk this. Let me just bring in you know commodities that are gonna I don't know give, give me a cushion versus going for it. Yeah, I think it's it's a mixture of that and, and favoritism, if I'm honest. Because like you said, there's no reason somebody like Morris should be making it on. And, I and hate, it's not like and it's not even like Morris played well where you can say, okay, he actually showed up. Yeah. No, he wasn't good. Ferreira, terrible. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not the type of dude to not to not give any credit to MLS guys. I thought Walker Zimmerman, aside from 
that one blemish he had, he was pretty solid. Uh, Aaron mm-hmm. Long, when he played, wasn't bad. Uh, Kellen Acosta, even, I thought he was cool. Uh, he was pretty bad. But, I mean, compared to, to Morris and Roldan and some of these other guys, and this is what would have bothered me. If, if Jordan Morris's parents, who, unfortunately, and I don't mean this in a bad way, are, are not significant, they're not, they're not Claudio Reina, but let's say if, if it would have been Jordan Morris's dad who leaked this and tried to comfort Greg Berhalter's head because in an alternate universe, he didn't play him enough. Now, that would, bo- that would bother me a lot because it's like, you don't deserve to be playing. I mean, you're lucky you even made it. But when it's Gio Reyna, it's his family. Knowing damn well he should be part of that 11 every time. I don't think that should be part of the equation, though, of what's going on now. No, yeah, because no, it, no, I'm, I'm less defensive of Jordan Morris's parents if they were to do that than I am of Gio. Because Gio kind of has a point. His family has a yeah, point. He should have played. Yeah, but... but Jordan Morris has that, it. That, the whole thing with them bring, bringing up old dirt... Shouldn't shouldn't factor on how good it, it shouldn't be. Oh, uh, Reyna is better than Morris. That shouldn't be part of the discussion. Well, for me, it is because I'm saying it's it's more justified coming from Gio Reyna's family than it would from Morris's family. Because you you have no business on the pitch, whereas Gio Reyna does. Yeah, but we're talking about their parents and kids' parents. No matter how good they think they are, they always think that they're the best player. They always think that. But who, who, like, actually, parents, who actually is right pa- about that? Parents aren't objective. But who is actually right about that? It's it's actually... Yeah, there, Rain, there the, is an objective... Rain's parents, there's an Rain's obje- parents there's are right. an objective truth, but... Yeah. And that, that know, would bother them, me more. I wouldn't be defensive of it at all if it was Jordan I mean, Morris. It's indefensible. For me, it's, it's like, less defensible. There, there's black and white on that one. It's less defensible with Jordan Morris or somebody like that. Acosta, uh, Roldan, Walker Zimmerman... It's Gio Reyna, man. Treatment. It's Gio Reyna, man. He hasn't man. done anything to be to be special, though. Well, I mean, for the national team, he, he like yes, like yeah, you have all the potential in the world, but you're not a Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey. Well, I mean, he's only what <laughs> he's like yeah, twenty-two. It, it, well, exactly. Uh, but he actually plays in the Champions League, scores, assists in the Champions and, League. You know, those those are all true things, but and yeah. you're not entitled to be on the team. No, but, you and are. that doesn't at mean the, that you're not good you enough are. to be. Yeah, no, but I, you're, you're I not disagree in, wholeheartedly. Well, I mean, on that. if he hadn't been training well, like, well, yeah, so when, you're told, when, you're, when you're told you're not going to be part of the plans, I, I can yeah, understand why I, you don't train well. Yeah, yeah, and, and I've defended like that that mental aspect of it, but I don't know. I, I don't think that the parents should get involved at all, and, and that's no, I agree. I don't agree with the parents getting involved, but I, like I, all I'm saying is it's more defensible for me. And this is an opinion. For me, it's much more defensible when it's actually a guy that should be on the pitch compared to a guy that shot, shouldn't probably even be at the camp, <laughs> let alone getting sure. more minutes than, yeah. than Gio Reyna, you know? No, 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 for sure. It, it's, it's insane. But did he actually get more minutes? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, let's, yeah. let's remember, like, the, the first two games he didn't play. Uh, I think he only played, like, five minutes in the second game. Yeah, and so, like, and that makes you think, like, if the media didn't put any pressure on on Berhalter, would he would he have even played him at all? You know, I, I don't I don't have that sensation that he would have. But uh, in any case, though, yeah, that's where the U.S. is. Uh, I'm hoping they come to some kind of conclusion soon. Uh, as of now, they do have a interim manager while they look at this investigation. And yeah, there's some friendlies coming up. I believe I think one is against Colombia, if I'm not mistaken, but. Uh, you know, we'll continue to monitor the U.S. players because that's what's important at the end of the day. It's just getting sloppier by the minute. Yeah, and from, the, from the, a management the, perspective. But our talent yeah. is, is thriving, I feel, right now. Yeah, no, you're at a high uh, moment. I mean, yeah, you know, I was at the pub the other day. Malik Tillman scores for the Rangers, and, you know, 
Sergeant DK and, and Pepe, these guys are, are playing well. So I hope the next manager is mentally capable enough to recognize that and, and put any, you know, attachments to the side. Yeah, again, it just sounds personal, like the whole thing with his son getting cut. <laughs> I mean, it, like, it's like then, when you add that layer to it, then it makes, then he's probably just trying to piss off. Yeah. And, but it's not worth it. It's totally not. Well, it hampered us, and and we're talking about like the mentality of a young player, where he's pouting after not after being told he's not going to feature. Mm-hmm. Like now we're talking about a guy in his forties, that's that's behaving that way towards a youngster because his son was cut. Yeah, but he has cooler sneakers though. <laughs> you know, so then then it's like okay, if that's if you're factoring that into whatever beef you might have with them, then then re- really. Do we want that manager? Yeah. But, you know, he's best buds with some of the, the yeah, hierarchies. So, so. His brother. Yeah, man. It would be... I was thinking today. I was like, man, it would be cool if uh, they could do some kind of, like, democratical vote. But it's just not possible, you know? <laughs> That'd be really cool, though, if we can vote on who we... If we want him in or out, you yeah, know? Yeah, that opens up... That opens you up to a lot of trolling. <laughs> I don't... I mean... I don't know how significant it would be. Like, say if it was, like, by postal, sort of like, by postal code or something. You have to be an American <laughs> citizen to vote. That would be kind of cool. Um, but, um, but yeah, knows? moving on from that, um, I guess another bit of significant news, one that I guess we saw coming or, I don't know, uh, Ronaldo's officially a Al Nasser player in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Well, South Africa, according to him, you know, one of his little... Um, like uh, interviews or something, which is kind of a weird little blunder. But yeah, I guess two hundred million dollars a year, over seventy five net. That's just kind yeah. of wild. But what's money to Ronaldo? It shouldn't be like that big of a factor, but that much money. Uh, That's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, but he did try to say that he had a ton of offers and that you know he had done everything in Europe and. It was kind of contradicting to what he said in the Pierce Morgan interview. He's like, I want to finish my career on a high. Fuck out of here, dog. Man, you know what? Enjoy <laughs> it, your money, it, bro. It sucks, man. It, it, like, it, it sucks to see because I personally don't think he's finished at, at a at a good level. I, I wouldn't say top because I, I don't think he's that player anymore. But he did himself no favor doing that interview before. And he's done himself no favors um, refusing uh, like a like a, a limited role. role, yeah. Uh, so it sucks to see because I th- I think he's way too good for fucking Saudi Arabia, who has no football history, so to speak. Mm, I don't know. In their league, do they have a? Mm, I mean, there's been some of? good players there. Bafetimbi Gomez was there not too long ago. Um, oh, oh, you're talking about players that have gone? Oh, like yeah, played like, in, I, in well, Saudi I mean, Arabia. Compare Ronaldo's. Career to Bafatimi Gomez. I mean, and, and that's the contrast that I'm talking about. It's, it sucks but, to see. Yeah, uh, I. Fair, I guess. I mean, I just don't understand why why his ego can't let him be a, a super sub. You know, like come on, like and it just it just goes to show the kind of person he's always been. You know, it's just. Everything's got to be about him. You know, he's got to be under the spotlight at all times. And it, it it's, uh, I think it's robbing him of, st- of some still very special moments in Europe. But, you know, 
That, that's a big bag, too. I think one of his... Yeah, it's kind of hard to say no to that as well. Like, regardless of how much money you yeah, make. Yeah, I heard where he lives, too. He has his own, like, super mall he could shop at. His own what? playground. Uh, apparently, like, there's, like, a few football fields. Like, it's just, like, insanely huge, man. They basically built him a damn city. Damn near. Um, don't know how much truth there is into that, but it wouldn't surprise me. And, and for someone that needs their ego stoked... Stroked every two seconds, man. That's perfect. And that's what sucks. Yeah, he did like, get a very warm reception. And that's what sucks, but people love the adulation. Like, some people just want that. Some people need a yes, man, everywhere yeah. they go. And Low-key, yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, I like my friends giving me shit, you know? They, that, that keeps you grounded a little bit. <sighs> then again, I'm not, you know, on millions of dollars a year or per minute, as this motherfucker is. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. He's probably going to tear it up and, you know, that's going to mean absolutely nothing. I think when it comes down to it, his stats are going to be in Europe, like with the asterisk. Ronaldo got, you know, a thousand goals in Europe uh, when, he's going to, when his career is going to have like, you know, 1500 or whatever, you know. <laughs> um, and let's be honest, man. How many people are really going to tune into the Saudi League just for Ronaldo? I'm sure uh, there's going to be extra there's, there's, there's some sick people out there. But I have you know. Anyone that really cares about the game, uh, it's not man, really going to do it for you, it's, is it? Uh, yeah, it's what we call the uh, demencia senile. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're watching Saudi, the Saudi Arabian League, at least, at least make it for a, a player that's worth watching, Papa. Yeah. I'm sure he'll, he'll do bits, though. I'm sure he'll do bits, you know, the way Ibra did bits in the MLS, but... Like I said, man, I only watch the MLS because it's local. If you're not from the U.S., I don't blame you for not watching this. It's quite shocking. And that's how I feel yeah, about I Saudi be. Arabia. Oh, I'm never uh, going to watch that. But, yeah, um, I did hear a report that he was entertaining the possibility of joining uh, City. Uh, so that would have been really cool. But, you know. Which city? Sporting Kansas City. Mm. Uh uh, but that would have been cool though, like seeing him in the MLS. Oh man, imagine Ronaldo in fucking Kansas City. Ah, dude, that, that city just does not fit with him, man. He'd be like, "What the fuck am I doing here? He's Do you like, guys even have a Bloomingdale's? Like, what, like, what do you guys got over here? And why is everybody chewing tobacco? I want to go home. <laughs> nah, where's but, the beaches at? Uh, like, be, you know, beach, you know, yeah. with water and sand, not not ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh brother yeah nah man uh, we'll see though I mean I'll, I'll definitely tap into the highlights I'll definitely put on we're a gonna BN. see the highlights and we're gonna be cynical towards them yeah gonna hear a lot of uh, ba 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 Ronaldo he was putting on a show in the warm ups though I will say uh, well, yeah I mean another thing <laughs> it too it was is, just too easy like the, the keeper just uh, just levels, waffling it yeah levels below what whatever keeper should you do think, at a uh, professional level let's say is Nick Pope saving that probably man fair play yeah no I find it hard to take serious um but yeah anyway moving on from that any other bits of news that we should cover mm. Uh, Matthias Click joining DC oh, United. I guess, yeah, I guess we can get into transfers a little bit. Yeah, Matthias Click uh, from, from Leeds United. Oh, he's he's actually a decent player, man. A little older, I think he's thirty two now. Yeah, yeah. But I think 
I think I don't think he's too old to be you know taken seriously. So it's a good thing that DC United's got a, got themselves a good player. Yeah, he's pretty tidy like on the ball, man. No, he's good. He's, I like his passing. He's range. a top level player for sure. I wouldn't say that, but he's a good player. He's a Premier League player. I mean, he's a he's a good player. I mean, for MLS's sake, he's he's already in the top percentage. You know, as far as people he's going to be playing against or with. I mean, Derek Williams. That's a guy that was from Ireland or Scotland. He looks he looks decent in Galaxy. So yeah, Matthias Click might be probably the best defender in the league if I'm honest. I like Matias Gleshness. Caceres has looked pretty good for Galaxy too. Yeah, he though. has, and he's older. <laughs> I know. It's just it, it's, you'll be surprised, man. Uh, but no, I mean, obviously, I think we already went over Gakpo, right? Gakpo is official. Yeah, yeah know, we did. And we I did. guess part of the news is that that's a travel. Um, I guess part of the news is Enzo Fernandez, who joined Benfica this summer, now wants to go to Chelsea, and Chelsea's. His price is, is somewhere around 120, 130. Uh-huh. Way too fucking much. Do you disagree? Do you agree? Uh, I mean, if Jude Bellingham's going for what he's quoted for, I we've been seeing Jude Bellingham though. Yeah, and and who's to say that in two years' time it's not going to be two hundred next because Enzo's going to keep balling. I don't know. I think it's it's still it's a little steep for me, but you see what. Teams have paid for players like Jack Grealish and, you know, what was being quoted for Bellingham and, and billion-dollar buyout clauses for meager players in La Liga. Ah, I'm not too bothered by Which, it. Um, again, I, I I, think, they're, they're, they're fuck-you prices. <laughs> you know, give me a high number and then we could start negotiating. That's what the billion-dollar clauses are for. <laughs> like, they're, I don't think they actually think that anyone's worth a billion. Uh, I mean, Asensio is $500 million. Yeah, no, but um, but anyway, I that is I a think lot. it's I think it's way too much. I think it's double what he's actually worth. I wouldn't go that far. Do you you think he's more than a seventy million dollar player? I I think so. Yeah, I think I mean there's not there's only like a handful of players at that age that are playing at that level. Um, you know, a Musiala, uh, Bellingham, Gamma. Uh, Fernandez is like twenty. Three or okay, yeah, twenty four. That's, that's still very young. No, it is. It that's is, that's but it's still not a like, decade in you. Yeah, maybe. And, and you gotta also keep in mind that this guy—it's his first year in Europe. Um, he's been playing at a top level for years now. It's just we don't watch River Plate every week. Uh, the system that Gallardo was running there, and and him and Julian Alvarez, and you know some of the other starlets that have come out of there. They're all looking really good. It might be a golden generation from there. I don't know. And, and I don't like River Plate, but I have to say, like, the players they've been producing. Like, You're the, an independiente guy? Uh, yeah, I'm an independiente guy. Uh, fuck. The less said about them right now, the better. But I'm a Racing. Oh, Racing. Sheesh. Uh, that's ah, that's yeah, a hell I of a I couldn't give a fuck about the Argentina. Oh, I was going to say, Lotaro was massive there. Uh, but... I, I mean, no, I agree. It's too much, but I, I, for me, like even ninety is not too crazy when you consider what Dar- what they paid for Darwin Nunes, for yeah, example. Yeah, and but that's but that's also like Darwin was also too much. No, you know? well, yeah. At one moment, people swore it wasn't, but yeah, now we know. One one subset of people probably said that. I think the actual uh, truth is these guys are terribly inflated, and uh, like like right now, there's the issue with uh, uh, Mudrik. Going from Shakhtar, Arsenal wants him. Shakhtar was okay with, I think, 40. And then they realized that 
Chelsea wanted him. So then Arsenal's like, okay, let's get to 60. That's not enough. We want 80. <laughs> what? That player. 80. Yeah. If, if anyone pays 80 for him, that's too much. That's way too much. Again, that's double what he's worth. If that. I don't think he's a $40 million player. But in, in today's market, it's. I don't even think it's like a need for either team. Because Arsenal have uh, um, Martinelli and Chelsea have Pulisic. Well, like it's a depth signing for sure. Eighty million dollars for depth and maybe a future player. Yeah, mm. but it's it's to establish you know competition as well. And who's to say? Well, like, Shakhtar is doing a smart thing in it. Well, yeah, they're going to capitalize. But if, but if Maca- and by the way, Mudrik has been putting a lot of like pro Arsenal things on his on his Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So if at, if at any point he says. Fuck Chelsea! I only want to go to Arsenal. Then that that really fucks up uh, Shakhtar's uh, leverage in all this negotiating yeah. business. He's also really good friends with Zinchenko, so I mean, while while I do think it's he does do want to go there, he do doesn't. The math. He doesn't want. Yeah, he doesn't want to go there. But you know, you mentioned like the positions. I think he's a guy that's interchangeable too. He's wingers are 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 much more you know adept to that kind of change now. Um, you know, it's because uh, for me, and sometimes I look at Arsenal. I'm like, they're they're good. They could still use one top level winger to to add competition, to add a different dynamic. That winger for me was supposed to be Pepe. It didn't work out. He's not there anymore. I, I like the signing personally myself. I would want. I would. E- I, I even wouldn't mind City going for him. But we have plenty of of players at that position I, right now. You know, I think. I think Saka is strictly a winger. I don't think he can function centrally. No, no, I don't. I'm saying like he could play on the opposite wing, um, like because we're only mentioning like one winger. You only mentioned Pulisic, and it's like well, oh, he can play. He could play on either wing, on either side, oh, or okay. in, in a maybe an inverted type role. Maybe I'm not I, saying like, he, again. I haven't seen enough of him. But, yeah, but the starting positions for those two teams, I, maybe not Chelsea so much because that Chelsea's right up in the air. Yeah, right. But like from what I've seen of him, he's a left wing. That's his yeah, ideal position for Shakhtar, but like we don't know, like you know he, he you know it's and, and to throw eighty million dollars as a we don't know, it's a lot of money. No, no, I'm saying because at, at Schalke, Leroy Sané was a right winger. He keep, oh, he could play on both sides, and that's what I'm saying. Mudrik, I think, has that same capability. You think, oh, you think he's on the level of Sané? At Sané, at the age when he was at at Schalke, sure, yeah. You know what they both have in common? They both scored on Madrid in the Champions League and on City. Uh, but yeah. that's it's crazy. I but I'm saying the fact that I I think that interchangeability is there, but it's a matter of a system and who better than a guy like Arteta too? And the player. No, well, the yeah. interchangeability is is more on the player than the system itself. Well, I mean, it is on the system a lot because that's who decides where you're going to play. And like I highlighted last week, Arsenal do play differently on each wing, which I'm not going to say that he can't. I haven't seen him enough. I- I know. I'm not even doubtful of it, but you can't really take Saka off. He's for sure. No, I'm not saying, yeah, I don't think you take Saka off. Uh, with Gabriel Jesus out, I think that's what really pushes this signing I, I do believe that Martinelli can play centrally. He can. I he do has, he's that. done it before. He's done it before under Unai Emery. You know, he's he's done it. I mean, in fact, he was when he was coming out, he was really more of a striker. And then he's he got thrown on the wing more often. And I mean, he's just so talented. He's like Richarlison. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I'm... 
He's played his football, his best football under Arteta. So I'm gonna go. Well, I wouldn't even say that either, man. No, no, he's playing. He's playing well under Arteta. But if you watch Martinelli when he burst I, I on the scene, I have been because I've been singing his praises for three years now, and I have too. But he wasn't playing for Arteta three years ago when he was having a smasher of a season and got had suffered two massive leg injuries. Yeah. So I mean, he's been good. It's just. But I, I agree. He is playing his best under Arteta, but he's re- he's been at that level before. I remember I the, f- don't think so. I, well, the first time he scored against and, City. And is not as consistent. Well, yeah. Arsenal as a whole weren't this consistent. They were shit back then. They were a mid-table team. Maybe getting to Europa. So, yeah, like n- nobody was lighting the, the barn up there. But now, yeah, he's going to look even better, deservedly so. You know, and he's not always involved in the game, by the way. He's just a guy who, when given the ball... He makes shit happen. Yeah, yeah, of course. And well, that whole team, it's like, they, they shift their, they have their moments where they're shifting on overload. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's very dependent on the midfield. And I guess Arteta's call, I couldn't tell you for sure. Saka's but the guy that really there, makes shit happen. There's times where where the left is, is overloading a whole lot and Martinelli's is super involved. One thing that it, that he definitely needs to work on is, is a, I guess it's something that, that Vinicius has really worked on, where he's taking fewer touches. Because sometimes he takes too many and sometimes he over-dribbles. That's one of his biggest problems. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, Saka, Saka is just getting... He's just... I don't know. He's so talented. So, yeah, they, they, they'll choose moments where they're, they're focusing on Martinelli and Saka. We digress. Because we're talking about transfers. Oh, yeah, we're talking about the wing position. Yeah, uh, so, particularly. Um, so back to Modric and Enzo Fernandez, overvalued, but for what the teams that want him for, it's it, it, like you said, it makes sense. It's just the numbers are ridiculous. Um, who else is rumored um, off the top of your head? You know, I I can't recall. I should have really made a list, but I think we went over a lot of them. A lot of them last week. I, I don't remember. Oh, I, I did hear Weston McKinney possibly to Aston Villa, which would be a very interesting one. Almost seems like a step down, but right now there's a lot of issues going on at Juventus from what I hear financially. Hey, yeah, it, it sounds like, like a cash grab and shedding salary. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, uh, McKinney getting away from a toxic situation. Ah, uh, yeah. Although he's quite loved there, but it's just there's so much bullshit going on. I mean, nothing beats the prestige of playing for a club like Juve. Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, I think that there's a whole lot of allure in playing. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an iconic team. I mean, even with with the players that have come through there. Um, I'm trying to think if I oh uh, today I guess it was confirmed Jeronimo Rulli to Ajax. Just a perfect fit. Good move. Very. It's just like for him. For yeah, for him and for the club. Is it a step down? Um, well, where where was he at again? Espanol? No. Excuse me. God damn it, I had a burp. Do you know? I want to say Valencia. Uh, one he was at a... Or Sociedad, was it? It was Villarreal. Villarreal. Yeah. Okay, so it's actually kind of like a sidestep for me. But it's a, it's a step up for him because of the style that they play. It's it's total football. It's you know football from the back, capitalizing on ball distribution, which he's known for. His shot stopping ability is what's more suspect. 
So, I mean, for me, I think it's it's a good move for it's him. It's so crazy. How many keepers are very good at playing with their feet and very good at shot stopping? I'll tell you one guy that, for me, is the best keeper for this reason. And not right now, but for he was known for this. Manuel Neuer. Memo Chau? Oh, uh, oh no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. Rafael Leao y Sandro Tonali. Yeah, welcome to Scudetto. Leao, one of the best players in the world? Yeah, Future City. Tonali, one of the best young emerging talents in the world? By the way, you talk about Mudrik liking... AC Milan, one of the best teams in the world? Well, Champions League, yeah. Yeah. Barely, but but I'm saying, though... Nah, I'm just kidding. Neuer for me, though, that's... No, no, well, yeah, exactly, he's... He's the, He's the best type for every like every team has tried to get their own Manuel Neuer, and and it, he's probably so far above everybody else. For me, he's the best of all time. If there's one goalkeeper, I mean, obviously sure. Casillas and, and Buffon, and yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, a, there's yeah, a great yeah, list. But this guy good. was just so good at those two departments you just referred to. It, he was almost like fake, you know? Yeah. Like what? The well, fuck? He, he's what everyone's pattern. They're they're, they're trying keeper, to be. Yeah, their keeper decisions. Sleeper keeper. Of, yeah. He, I mean, don't and, you remember? And he had big nuts. I, you know, I, I heard, I heard rumors. Yeah, no, I, I never saw it, <laughs> but I did. Ah, uh, nah, but you yeah. know, don't you remember though? Back then, like a decade ago, maybe, mm-hmm. or even prior to that, there was a lot of those iconic images with Neuer at almost at the halfway mark, which was kind of unheard of at the mm-hmm. time. I'm talking mm-hmm. about like 35th minute of the game. Yeah. And and now you see that with Allison and Ederson and these guys who want to be that kind of keeper, which, like you said, takes nuts. I mean, fuck. <laughs> Just thinking about it scares me because I remember, like, the first years Ederson came and, and was trying to play like that. Or even Claudio Bravo, who was abysmal at it because he was in his later years. It just goes to show, man, that's a, that's a very tough skill. Um, but, again, that's a system thing, you know. Uh, and, and teams in that system don't often concede many shots. It feels like there's like a very big divide or like a very big like gap, a very obvious like tone change in the way you see keeper. Whereas maybe let's be generous and say 2015 before 2015, the top keepers that you're going to consider are Casillas, Buffon, Buffon. Uh, uh, we look at like De Gea. Petr Cech, those guys, they're, like, they're, they're there strictly to stop a ball. Yeah. You don't, you don't really count on them for anything else other than to stop a fucking ball from hitting the net. And they were the best at it. Yeah. And then suddenly after that, you're looking at a crazy fucking keeper like Ederson, Allison now. Yeah. That, that they play with their feet. Yeah. They're, they're a little more agile. They're a little more comfortable. Precise passers can ping a 60-yarder, no problem. Yeah. It's like you, you look for all that, and no one's able to do it on the level that Neuer does. So, yeah, you know what? I'm in agreement with you. And, I, and I, I hate Germany. I hate Bayern. Um, they make me sick to my stomach. But that's one guy I'm just like, you know what, man? Like, it's undeniable, uh, which, you know, I think is uh, it's the beauty in the sport, like, who would have thought that a German player would be the one type of keeper to play that style so well? Like, nah, it's insane. Uh, well, that's a Schalke product. Well, yeah, Schalke. Yeah. Like, like Leroy. Leroy. Oh, Leroy. Leroy Jenkins! <laughs> I don't know if you know that throwback. Uh, um, 
Yeah. Is that it for our transfer rumors? Um, you know, I'm, I'm probably forgetting a few, but we'll have better rumors next week. I'm, I'm going to make my little list. And yeah. All, All right. right. That's everything, man. Let's get into the reviews, previews. The Premier League. All right. Uh, all right, man. Let's get into the, uh, I guess, the second half of the of the fixtures that transpired last week. And we can get a chance to hit. To start off on Friday, December 30th, Brentford. I don't know, man. They're a tricky team. Two to zero. They beat uh, they beat West Ham. <gasps> West Ham, who's very good defensively. That they are. And Ivan Tony scoring. Was it last week that I didn't remember that I didn't know that he was still able to play? Yeah, we both did. I and I felt like such a dumbass, but whatever. Hey, fuck it. Yeah, what can you do? Two 0 Uh Liverpool beat Leicester two to one. This is incredible because they went off of two own goals from the same player in the first half. In the first half. Has that ever happened? Um, last time that happened, actually, it was 1972. It was uh, Blackburn Rovers away at Bristol. Wow. Uh, ah, no, Christ. Uh, you know, there's motherfuckers like that, man. I just fucking have the stats ready. But, yeah. Uh, man, this, this was a shame. Because Leicester really need a win. We're playing pretty decent, actually. It's just one of those games where they fucking played out of, out of their skin. And, yeah, unfortunately, Fias, who actually I, I quite rate as a center back for them. He's one of the younger guys, but I think he has a bright future in the league. Still inexperienced, but, yeah, two own goals. It's unfortunate. I don't think, it, I don't think it's like, like any kind of statement or diminishment on who he is as a player, but... It's just crappy It luck. just sucks. <laughs> yeah. One of them was, like, kind of bad, but, you know, it shit <laughs> happens, man. You know? I, I, hate, I hate laughing, but, man... Oh, I don't. That's such I, a... I don't feel bad for Lester one bit. I don't think they're a good team. Uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, to continue. Oh, speaking of Leicester, uh, Sayunku is very strongly linked to Atletico Madrid. Yeah. I think it's been, been. A, a rumor before, but now it's like... It's more likely. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Odd, because he, he hasn't really shown that he's like playing all that great. They have... In great form. They, yeah, they but have, they a, have way. a way of finding yeah, yeah. good defensive players. They revive Premier League center backs. We used to have this guy called uh, Stefan Zavich. Now he's ah, there, and yeah, that's you know, right. he was kind of assy with us, and then turns into a full blown mercenary for Atleti. Uh, it's it's the system. It's the system, man. I mean, shit, man. Birds of the same feather flock together. You know? And another thing, you can't be flying off last year's feathers. Don't let that one go over your head. Uh, at any rate, um, uh. yeah, uh, that that was kind of like my Nipsey line, uh, but. Uh, Talking about feathers, actually, fur in this fact, uh, Wolverhampton lose 0-1 to to Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Marcus Rashford, huh? What quite, a revival. Quite, quite the streak. Quite the streak, uh, Rashford. Uh, what, what's his, like, he's knighted, so what, what's the uh, MBE? Yeah, Marcus Rashford, Rashford MBE. Oh, Sir Marcus Rashford Sir MBE. Sir Marcus Rashford at that. Yeah. Yeah, knighted. Not quite goaded, but knighted. Yeah, and United fans will be delighted. 
another goal for Rashford. A good sign be- with like with him and and his play as well as what Ten Hag is kind of. I guess giving him as a role, it's weird. He he is kind of still a winger where 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 he can end up with sometimes, but overall, like, I feel like the runs he's making now, just put him in much better positions just to look up score. You know. You know it's funny that he he actually ended up coming on as a super sub. Yeah, because he did show up late to training. I they, believe he didn't. Yeah, he got a little demoted, and uh, uh, Ten Hag was a little coy about it, but yeah. Rashford in an interview afterwards was like, "Yeah, no, like I woke up late to player meeting." So yeah, it happens sometimes. That's, yeah. That was his punishment, but yeah. isn't sure. that? But that for me, that's just like the best case scenario. Like you reprimand him, but you still give him a chance to show him that you believe in him. Bring him on as a sub. Pays yeah, Berhalter. Yeah, uh, that's at you. Hey man, Berhalter man. I'm smoking on that Burr Halter pack today, man, because I know he's he's out of here soon, man. Yeah, like even if even if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt on the footballing, and that's you giving him the benefit, so he's barely on your good graces. Yeah. Now with all this drama, it's like we don't want you here. Yeah, you know? it's yeah. just like man, like I'm too old for this. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of this high school. He says, she said, shit. Fuck man, all of it was kicker in her fucking head. Hey, but uh, you know, oh, it's, oh, oh. Th- when you hear that though, isn't doesn't that cra- uh, paint a crazy picture? Just imagining Bur- like, a young Burr Halter just like two like, footing I mean, his. Like, not not just that. This is like a player that. This is a guy that's good enough to be a professional footballer. Yeah. So him kicking a woman in her legs. It's not a tap. It's, hey, if it's significant enough for her to you know break up or to cause a scene over, and you're drunk, she must have heard it, man. She must have heard it. Uh, hey, man. And, and I. And this is just hearsay, so don't take me for my word. But when when Reina's wife Danielle Reina was kind of when she had her own little like statement, like oh we, I didn't mean for this to blow up, blah blah blah. Yeah, they're also minimizing what happened that night. Oh, so we're yeah, gonna take her for her word. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, Mr. Burhalter wasn't fully honest or, 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 or you know, uh, revealing about what transpired that night. And that's not our business. That shouldn't be, uh, it, it shouldn't be our business, but the fact that it came out sucks. And it is our business now. And it, now so it's we become a topic. Nah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little weird, but anyway, we'll continue monitoring we that. So yeah, yeah, we digress. Rashford in a great moment in his career. And that, there's actually another United game that happened, but we'll talk about that in a second. Following that, uh, Crystal Palace beats Bournemouth 2-0. Crystal Palace was coming off a 3-0 loss. Uh, so, yeah, they, they definitely needed a win there. Yep, good result for them. Fulham keep winning. They beat uh, Southampton. Southampton is just... I don't know. They're, 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 they're pretty out tragic. of sorts. But what a, great, what a great free kick from Prowse, man. Golly. I mean, for me, one of the best free kick takers in the world. Sure. So good. Um, yeah, following that result, uh, we had a bit, a bit of an upset in this one in the Midlands. Sorry, actually, this was in London. Um, Villa beat Spurs 2-0. Clean sheet. Both goals in the second half. Thoughts? Oh, that was on Sunday. Oh, yeah, Sunday. You skipped ahead. Oh, I skipped the city match, huh? And, you skipped and, uh, a few of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. 
Yeah, no, no, it's, it's all good. It's all yeah, good. yeah. It was I, a crazy I, weekend, man. It was New Year's weekend, man. No, I know. I just went to the next page without scrolling down. I forgot there was like six games that day. Yeah. Uh, I hate when well, they do that. I mean, like you said, a bit of an upset because this is like, wow, while no one lost. A draw is an upset these days? Uh a relegation-bound team being the mighty champions. Beating. Know. See, you're already you're speaking. Oh, I'm it. sorry. Drawing. Yeah, draw. It's that, a draw. I mean, that points drop to Everton for City. I mean, that might as well be a loss, right? No, no. I mean, that's like saying Arsenal losing against Newcastle is a loss. You know, that's well, Newcastle. I mean, in third drawing place. against. Yeah, yeah, but it's still Newcastle. You know, and and they're not. They're they're in front basically. They're in the driver's seat, and Newcastle. They're a, good, they're a great team this season. And it's worth the same amount of points as this one. Yeah. So but, it doesn't really when make you, a difference for me. When you draw points to relegation-bound team, you don't, you don't think that hurts at all? For no, being a title contender? Not at all. We're, we're actually champions of England right now. So I, I don't. By the way, last champions year... Champions of England drawing to a relegation-bound team. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean... Dropping, it, dropping but, two big points yeah. when you're in second place. That... That is, that's not a concern? No, no I wouldn't no, say no. a concern, but no, that, yeah. that's not a disappointment. It's a disappointment. It's a big disappointment. We played much better than them. If we played worse than them and, and drew, that would that would be a disappointment. Last year, around this time, we were in a similar position. And you know what? Like We've lost games like this, so no. Far from disappointed. Obviously, we want three points, but you have to be realistic. In the prime, you're not going to win every game. I don't care how good you are. But I feel like that is a standard for City these days. And well, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it is for most teams. I would say City, out of the twenty teams, or out of the other nineteen teams, are expected to beat mm, at least fifteen of them. But how many? How many teams have finished with the flawless record? None. That's that's well, my point. Is you're, you're well, bound I mean, to lose well, one. Are we discarding draws? Well, that that would be us saying that today's a disappointment. Maybe that season was a disappointment too, because it had maybe like about eight draws that season. Well, they, they ended up as champions. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, they drew eight times, they, so they were disappointed eight times that year. I, I'm just it, not. It's disappointed. disappointing to draw when you're drawing to someone that's in the relegation zone. Uh, I I'm, don't not, know. I'm not quite ready to say it's I a think, loss, I but think, it's not far removed. Yeah, losing me. losing to them would definitely be dis- disappointing. Conceding more shots to them would be very, very disappointing. A draw, uh, you know, credit to Damari Gray, scored a banger of a, a goal. Banger. Only shot of the game for the team. So it's like, for me, it's like, am I supposed to be disappointed over that? I mean, you, you take your hat off, chapeau. You did not well, play like better you said, than you, you shot like, I think it was like 20 shots on target. Or yeah. like 20 shots in total, uh-huh. whatever on target. Disappointing not to get more goals. Yeah, yeah. But for a team that has scored the most goals in the league for numerous seasons, it's like you can't hit it out of the park every week, you know what I mean? But I think as far as you're creating the chances, that's that's important. If you're not, that's that for me is disappointment. But, I mean, again, I come from a time where City wasn't this dominant. So for me to be uh, petulant and kick, like, dust up over a tie. I mean, I would uh, get it if it's, like, Brighton. Yeah, or if yeah. it's Chelsea and, and, or something. I think we more frequently beat those kind of teams than, you know, than draw to teams like this. And But nobody's going to mention that. So it's fine. I mean, for me, I think expecting to win every game is just, it's just not possible. It's not realistic, at least. I think you should be winning. Last year, we lost to Palace twice. 
You think that mattered to me once we held up the, the title at the end but of the year? But it was disappointing at the time, I'm sure. Uh, well, I mean, you can't win every game, man. I don't get disappointed. I get humbled for, for my sake. Like, I, I'm like, oh, shit, that's a good no, reminder. Because, no, well, when you've lost, you've had the same attitude. So I don't know if humbled is the word. Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm humbled by the fact that I'm like, oh, yeah, we can lose any given Saturday, any given Sunday. And I'm like... Most teams. I mean... Any well, team. Yeah. Any, every team. Well, when you're expected to win every game... Like you said, well, which city is? I don't, I don't believe that. I think what, that's, like, that's if unrealistic. We look at the odds, well, right, realistically, yeah, of course you're not gonna win every game. Ex- exactly, but, they, but you're expected to win at least ninety five percent. I think it would be foolish of somebody to say that if you haven't watched City the past seasons, you know we lose to weaker teams. It's it's kind of like our forte. We like to cross our eyes and dot our t's with a few losses to Palace, maybe one to Brentford. And occasionally to Spurs, uh, who maybe aren't the rascals that, that Everton are. But, yeah, man, I, I I don't think I would say disappointed. I've had way more disappointing results than this. But, uh, yeah, great goal from Holland, focusing on the game as well. I, I know I already said Damari Gray's goal was significant. Holland, I mean, you know, just, just happens. Shot. To f- it was a half chance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those moments where... Obviously, he did everything correct, but how great was Mares to set that up as well? I mean, you can't ask for more. Uh, but yeah, man, um, I don't know if you have any parting thoughts on the game. Um, no. At the end, it, it it turned into a cross fest, though, which is not a which is kind of unusual for City. Yeah, I mean, it's we. I think we have to do that when <clears throat> the middle of the field is so compact. There's really no other avenue to attack then from the sides, you know, with crosses. Uh, but you know, that's that's what gets you results in this in this business, you know. And I feel like Liverpool make a living off of that. But you know what? I think some of the movement is a little better on their part. And I think for us, it's just Holland, whereas some of the other well, guys. It's, it's Holland, man. He's at what twenty-one goals now. Yeah. Yeah. 21 um just insane <laughs> it's, it's it's wild like that that kind of margin you expect to hear in like march april yeah yeah and and the, and even then it's like a tight goal race whereas and it's kind of obvious that this guy is going to easily win the golden boot and the question is how much how many goals it's wild right yeah yeah i mean i think that's also one of those things where it's you're expecting him to score it's a uh, and I think like for me, and he, this is some at that. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, but his 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 ratio is crazy. Like he's at oh, a one yeah, for three. He's, like, he's got like hourglass figure. No, like his, <laughs> he, he has that one to three ratio, like where he's yeah, he's, he's one out of those three. Shot. Yeah. Um. So it's it's pretty in- insane, but it it is getting a bit boring for me though. <laughs> no, no, and I I say that like not not even sarcastically because. I miss I miss having a plethora of goals from different players. Like last year, if you remember, like there was moments Gundogan was hitting a banger. Bernardo, that goal against Villa last season when we were wearing the all whites, hits it first time. I mean, there's just more instances of everybody digging digging their spoon in. Now there's just we put like a Siberian husky in a pack of chihuahuas, and you tell me who's eating all the food in the bowl. You know, it's the Siberian husky, man. And yeah, and so the it's crazy like, thing is, is the yeah. The so to speak Chihuahuas next to this bowl aren't hungry. Well, they're they're eating too. I think they're hungry, but they just eat a different kind of food. 
Whereas they're, fed, they're well fed. They're they're herbivores in in the world of a carnivore <laughs> or an omnivore would be the correct terminology. So vegetation and protein. I don't know, man. It's it's weird, but I'm saying I I miss seeing the the range of goals, and I guess losing Sterling does that as well because he would score quite a few goals for us too. Yeah, I mean, and Gabriel Jesus. You, well, I, I think I think if you want to look at like the bright side of that is every player's doing their job, and let's not forget that De Bruyne is probably still their best player, regardless of what Will Holland's doing <clears throat> as far as scoring goes. De Bruyne is still the best player. It's crazy. It's a good debate to have for sure. I, I think he still is, but it's such a talented team. And I will say, because I love De Bruyne, he's one of my favorite players, but he also does get a big uh, leash on the mistakes he's allowed to make, the passes he's allowed to attempt. Uh, and so, sometimes he does some outlandish shit. But he's just more likely to hit him, though, you know. So it's a risk re- reward type thing with, with Holland. Or I'm sorry, with uh, De Bruyne, where he's more likely to take a risky pass. So those yeah. errors, when it doesn't hit, are a lot more highlighted for, versus when they do hit. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a numbers thing. That's my only but the gripe fact, with him. The fact when he does hit him, only he can hit those, right? Yeah, I will say though, for as good as he is playing for me, he he has. Since last season, he has taken a, a step down, uh, like his level, uh, especially in the final. Really? Third. Yeah, yeah. No, and and I'm being dead ass. Like seriously, like I think he's better. And and I don't I don't I don't agree with that. I think there hasn't been a year where he's misplaced more passes. There hasn't been a year where he has made so many little runs into the final third where he finishes it off. Uh, don't don't get me for granted. He's still playing amazing. I'm just saying, I feel like I've seen the best version of him at City already. Not to say that he can't sustain it. Maybe he's gonna evolve a game that that's maybe isn't so enigmatic, so electric. Because I don't know if you remember, but like in past seasons, I mean, this guy was deciding games on his own, like fending off three people at once, taking a shot from outside the 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 box, and punishing a team on his own and. But I, think, I don't feel like that exists I think now. The specialness for De Bruyne isn't necessarily those things. No, no. I, I mean, mean, he does that, of course. That's what, and, and that's what are, sets him apart things. from everybody but the, else. The though. special things are what he does when he finds open players, when he switches play, when he when he makes like a decoy run, when when he just passes it off. He was always doing that. Delicately. He was always doing. And, that. and I feel now, even though. Like you said, like a lot of things are concentrated on Holland. Well, that's what it he's is. He's still doing it. But yeah, his his it's, it's whole, just not as loud. His energy is concentrated like if you watch towards Tony Cross. He's not getting the final pass. He's not even getting the second to final he's pass. He's never had that kind of season. That's not him. De Bruyne is different. No, yeah, the Bruyne is different. But um, they're on the same level. No, 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 no. I'm not saying level. I'm saying style. De Bruyne uh, is yeah, a guy yeah, that'll yeah, get you course. 20 goals a season. Of course, but he's done it before. But, I mean, and it's funny that we mention it now because Cross, I think, is having his best season in Madrid, too. And I, I, can't, I can't really speak on it because I yeah. haven't watched. But I'm just saying, no, for me, the, yeah, De Bruyne has, has seen his best days from a perspective of, like, getting a, a, grabbing a game by, by the throat himself. I think now... Which he's done twice, maybe not this game, but twice since the, re- the restart happened. No, no, you're, you're, not, you're not understanding me, like... He was like there was moments where he was literally the only guy to to make the difference to make the play on his own. I think he's still amazing today, and he has an ability to show off more of his technical side. 
because he's not making darting runs or, or things like that so often now. I mean, the guys around him are all great at that, so why would he, right? But before, we didn't have those guys, and he was making those runs. I, and I guess that's that's where, like, what what you and I appreciate makes it so different is I appreciate the technique. Of course, like, and I'm, I'm still appreciating yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, of but, course. But so you know, I, I give it a bigger weight. I guess I'm alluding to the technique still because those years that I'm telling you that he was he was more of a dynamic counterattacker, especially even he was always technical then too. Like that never changed. He's always been that. Now he's just he's that technical guy that has lost a step. Unfortunately, it doesn't make him a bad player though. He's still amazing. And well, for him to still be able to rely on that and still dominate. Yeah, I mean he's not he's he's not going to be the presser that some of these other guys are now and, and I love be. that no, I, yeah, I think yeah, Pep yeah. allows them to by yeah, the way yeah you don't have to be and, and that's why I think a lot of I think that's why it's just a, especially with someone as brilliant as Pep can, can afford to have someone that that's not necessarily going to have to put in that sort of shift every well, yeah. game at least one or guy or two and, and he's one of them he's one of them yeah. and, and he rightfully so he can afford it his dead ball yeah. ability his, his passing with either foot I, and and, and like maybe maybe he slowed down a little bit, yeah. But he's still a fucking physical specimen. He can still make a darting run. He can still fucking shake off. I, I know. Plane. I just don't see it as often. And I don't know if it's because of Holland maybe occupying some of the spaces that he would intersect to. Yeah, because Holland does still drop a little bit. I mean, not not terribly deep, but he still drops. He still takes up a huge portion of the field because well because of his crazy ability to be able to sprint into space so quickly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um. I and mean, trust me, it's not. It's it's difficult to say that for me, but I think he's still one of the best players in the world. But yeah, I think, and it's natural to say at his age. But I feel like his prime, like, and I mean the tip top Mount Everest is like it might have passed us already. But he'll still be he'll still be very good. I I think he'll still be very good, amazing at that. Yeah. I mean, I saw da- da- David Silva and Yaya Torre play into their later years. I'm not concerned at all. And maybe we could put on some De Bruyne highlights after the after this pod, but oh, you know we will. You you will see what I mean when you see some of this shit when he was wearing the electric green I, city I, shirts. Man, you know, I just I love his game so much, and um, I mean, I, I honestly I don't see it. I don't see <laughs> any any sort of indication that he's declined. I yeah. uh, I feel as like a player as a whole, I I only think he's gotten better. That's just my opinion. <laughs> oh, man. I think he's playing amazing, though, by the way. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he may be the leading assister in the league right now. Or big chances creator or something. Yeah, yeah. And or that's big wahoo. Oh. The, uh, that, too. And, you know, he's he's just a good player, man. Um, yeah. But, uh, anyway, City, uh, Everton, 1-1. Um, that's good news for Everton because they're in a very bad spot at the moment. They're uh, in 18th in the relegation zone. Tied, well, yeah, tied. Tied for third to last with West Ham. It's crazy. Anyway, um, moving on from that, uh, Newcastle versus Leeds. Everything would point that uh, Newcastle would beat Leeds, right? Because Leeds are in bad spot. Newcastle are in a great spot. Nil, nil. Yeah. Who dis- disappointing for, for the tune. It was a good game. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a shithouse game for sure. You know Newcastle aren't above it. Oh no, of course as not. As good as they are, they're they're not above. They still it. have to be that, and they've always been that for the longest. But you know that that 
whole enigma hasn't left them yet because Eddie Howe is the type of manager to manage that way. I, I don't, like, man, and maybe I've been biting my tongue on this, but I don't rate Eddie Howe all that high. No, I don't He's either. He's got a lot of talent in his no, hands right and now. Well, he does, and no, he's still a good manager, though. Like, if you gave him Southampton, he can he can give you a good job. Oh, he'll give you Ralph Hasenhuttle? Uh, maybe no. I'll say better than that. But like, oh. like he's like a David Moyes level. If if I could if I could be so kind to to David Moyes, because and which you are being very, you know, yeah. <laughs> but damn near around that level, I still think Does he's. Does David a, Moyes have Newcastle where they're at right now? No, no, no. I think I think Eddie has a little bit better. Uh, but thereabouts. I mean, look at what David Moyes did with West Ham a season or two ago, you two. know. Uh, but still, he did it, you know, against in a, in a very competitive league. Uh, at a time where Liverpool and City were just just insane. I mean, it's, it's always going to be a competitive league. Yeah, of course, of course. But during that time, I mean, well, I guess Arsenal wasn't that great those days either. So it was, it was a little easier to get but up Chelsea there. was better. Oh, Chelsea was good. Yeah, Chelsea was good, but... Anyway, yeah, no, we digress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah, but I'm saying it's, it's a good result for Leeds. Let's give them, let's give them that credit because we thought they would lose, and uh, they, they hung in there, and everyone pretty much performed. Yeah, well, Newcastle have been on a crazy streak too. So yeah, for them, yeah, so for them to drop points against kind of a relegation zone team is, is pretty tough on them. But I mean, yeah. yeah. And then after that, uh, Arsenal faced Brighton. And fuck, man, that was a good game. I don't know if you saw it. I no, I, I unfortunately was working that day. I couldn't watch that one. Arsenal was so good. They went up three um, nil, and then Brighton come back three two. I think no, it was three one. Then Arsenal score again. Then it was four two. At one point, Brighton scored a goal and brought it to four three. But they called it off off some like weird offside. Yeah. Which I guess technically it was, but man, Brian are good. They're legitimately good with the Zerbi. Yeah, yeah, he's very good. And I mean, they're in a good spot as it stands. They're it, in eighth place. You know what would make me happy is uh, to see Mudrik go to Brighton instead of Arsenal, because he he's worked with the Zerbi for years. Um, and oh yeah. And you know it's it's not that big of a jump. Like now you really get to see is this his level. That would be kind of cool to watch. Yeah, but, I mean, um, with the way that Brighton are playing, it's not like you're going to a bottom team and you're and you have to make it happen. But I mean, now, so now you're at now you're at a good team that's able to hang with the big dogs, obviously, and you're really able to prove if you're the goods or not. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's like a, a lot of things to say. Odegaard is such a magnificent player. I think he's. Probably the best player on that team. Saka is supremely talented, and I'll always give him credit for that. But fuck, man, the things that Odegaard does—he had a day. He had a day, and it, it, to me, it, like the three best like midfielders that are good at creating chances, holding the ball, making things happen for the team. Maybe, maybe you'll disagree. I don't know, but it's obviously De Bruyne, Odegaard, and Bruno Fernandes. I think. I think. Those are three beautiful players that love to operate in that final third. <laughs> I mean, fair play, man. I 
it would be very hard for me to rank him. Uh, oh, I'm not. Yeah, I wouldn't rank him. Because for me, it's De Bruyne, a golfing class, and then you could, you know. But one thing I will say is Odegaard, you're, you're having a magnificent season. But I need to see, I need to see consistency. You know, if he can do it again next season, he's been then doing it for two and a half. I'm, I still have Ericsson ahead of him. You know, I still have. There's guys that that I still have ahead of him. However, he's having a good season. Daily Ali was once Bro, the, the the cock of the walk. Different types of players. Two, two, that's at least two seasons for Odegaard. <sighs> Last season he had a great year. I, I I would say he was very good, but I I mean great is like. I mean, this year he's he's having a great season, I believe. Arsenal as a whole are, are just amazing, but let's I, say like he's been building up to this high moment right now. Yeah, yeah right no, now, and right I'm, now he's I'm the best him, he's ever been. But yeah. it's been a gradual increase. It's not like he was good, then bad, then good, then bad, and now he's doing great. Well, that's my it's concern. Like, that's my concern. It's been good, we, we, good, we, good, good, very good, very good, great. I don't know. It's it, he had a rough time at Arsenal at one point. Let's be real. Like there was questions that he may go back to Spain. Well, obviously Arteta took over, and since then he's he's improved a lot. He's playing better, but all I'm saying is I just need to see it for longer. the The level that he's playing this season, I need to see it for longer. I know he was good in the past, but it's been in increments. And you like to mention this a lot: the progression isn't linear. We can't assume that he's gonna but be but great. It's, but it, it stayed that way. That's the thing. No, but if we we're look not going to all of last year, he wasn't playing at, at this, this level year. last season, though. I'm, I'm sorry, right? right I, but I'm not going to say that. I, I just think that's false. But he was one of the best players last year too. He, oh well, for Arsenal, yeah, but not in the league. For me, he was. No, he was still great last season. We could we could like, say the same know. about. There's moments Emil Smith Rowe was like literally on par, if not better, at points in the season when when he was still playing. Mm, I, I just feel that. Now, this season, he's amazing. I mean, look, let's be real. If if Odegaard could do this for three more seasons, he he probably is the best midfielder in the league. I think he is the best one right now in terms of form, no doubt. I just, I'm just, I'm not ready to put him in that De Bruyne class yet. Just off the strength that I, I just need to see it for one more season because Dele Ali was very good. Like, he was kind of on that peak level himself. And then, and it was for more than one season with Dele Ali. It was exactly one season. No, it, no, that, that's unfair. Maybe one and a half. It's just, but, he yeah. had one season where statistically it was blown. You know, it's just like, wow, this guy has, he looks like the next Lampard. But, you know, Ross Barkley, one season with Everton was like, oh, shit. Coutinho, another guy, you're like, holy shit. Like, man. And then they fall off. So, Well, you were blown away by Ross Barkley at one point? Oh, man. He was so good. I could look up tweets. I probably wanted him at City at one point. This is way back then, though. So. Right then? He was good, man. No, don't sleep, dude. He was he was really good. I, uh, well, I slept and well. Yeah. Well, would you say wrong. would you say Odegaard's better than Mason Mount? Yeah. All right. Well, I, I have my answer then. Um, you don't think so? Uh, I'm a big Mason Mount guy, so it's I'm a bit biased, but that's a guy that I could at least say has been doing it for longer. Well, he hasn't. Oh. <laughs> Come on, what do you man! Mean? Two he years had ago, he had one good season. Uh, Last year, he was pretty bad. But he hasn't have uh, up, up to this season. What, what do you mean he hasn't had a team? No, no, I, no, no, I didn't say that. I just said he hasn't had to go through what what Mount has gone through. You know, think about it, man. Your your starlit manager that really showed faith in you gets sacked, and you deal with this militant asshole who's 
like a notch away from a Gestapo officer, and then you have him as a coach, and then you lose him, and then now you got a whole new. You know, that's three systems, and my boy stayed ten toes down, chin up. You know, like he made it happen. I know you saw that goal the other day, outside the box. I mean, there's a player behind there. You know, it's just he's been going through a rough he's time. Been coddled. Ah, uh, that's a bit harsh. No, he's been coddled, man. He's been given the benefit of the doubt where other players haven't. Give give Pulisic the same amount of time that he's had. The same amount of patience. Ah, uh, but Pulisic, man, he does it to himself, man. That boy can't stay healthy for more than two Oh, months. well, he injures himself. You're right. Yeah, he hurts himself. <laughs> nah, but uh, anyways, no. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, just to go back to Odegaard, he's having a magnificent season, man. And I'm not taking that away from him. I even said, right now, if you got to pick the midfielder of the year... It's really between him, maybe De Bruyne, but I'll still give it to him. As on on form, I just feel that Odegaard's been better this year. And stats. It's, it's tough to n- deny, um, because like mentally, yeah, it's hard to to pull away from like history. But it's kind of true. Uh, and on top of the fact that Arsenal on top of the league, and uh, yeah. They kind of dominate games. Yeah, yeah, as they should. All right. So, anyway, let's move on. January 1st, the first game of the new year is Tottenham versus Aston Villa. Yeah. Why don't you take it away? I know I know this satisfies you. 2-0 uh, to Villa. <laughs> yeah. Douglas Luis and we Buendia. Easy as you like. Clean sheet. Man. Uh, I'm on sure Spurs, will, will def- Spurs fans will be def- disappointed at that one. That's one where I'm disappointed, man. I can't even score. This is Villa, man. This is not West Ham. This is a team that concedes more than they score. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. a weird one, man. I'm sure whoever bet on that one came out. Another weird one is uh, Nottingham Forest drawing with Chelsea. But no stranger to delight, Serge Aurier, former PSG player, gets one back against Chelsea. Wow, what a game. Raza, way to see you back on the scoreboard, my boy. We miss you. Not really. Um, but yeah. Ah, one of your best players. Following following this result, though, probably the most sorriest result of the week. Oh, oh my days. Brentford beat Liverpool 3-1. And it could have been more. It could have been more. Yeah, uh... Dude, and they had two goals that were taken away by VAR that were sketch, man. Like, I didn't quite agree with that. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, you're telling me you got beat by Brentford 3-1. No Ivan Tony? No Ivan Tony. Yeah. Sorry, Imagine that. Man. Going out sad. But but if you ask uh, Jurgen Klopp, he, he'll mention that, to be fair, they're, they're more well-rested than... Then the Liverpool players, because, you know, a lot of Liverpool players play in the World Cup and they're rug and tug. And He said that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you buy that? No. Uh, okay, well, hey, man, I'll have to agree with you there. <laughs> no, it's bullshit. It, it's, it, like, I, I don't think one loss is, is indicative of anything major, but to deflect and to... But it shouldn't it be scary times for them now? Because like in reality, let's be let's be honest. Like the result against Leicester was somewhat of a fluke. 
two own goals, you know. Um, could have been more, though. I mean, they could have uh, scored more, too, though. Like, you know, when, when we say that, and I hate that, by the way. If, I mean, two two own goals. Chico, two I mean, own goals. If but, those don't happen. But, 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 I mean, if we pull up the stats, right, how many goals please do they do. All right. Fair enough. I know they were much better. Uh, I wouldn't say 21 that. 21 shots. Right. Five on target. And who's to say that the ones that are on target were good shots or were good opportunities, right? Yeah. But I know they miss them. So since some of you missed, don't go on target. So out of 21, you're telling me that you couldn't score more than one or two? Well, out of 21, and, you only got five on target. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's but, what we but, should but really but should target, be looking at. But again, on target doesn't mean a whole lot. To, to me, even uh, some, some that don't get on target are probably more dangerous shots than they do. <laughs> because you can trickle a shot on target. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. a shot goes a little wide. Sometimes a header gets deflected a little wide. You could trickle it out out of target, too, you know? Yeah, it's... that, too. Yeah. But so, so again, like, the shots isn't a big indicator. But it's 21 shots versus seven, five on target, two on target for Leicester. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to tell me that, that out of 21 shots, that they had three times the amount of shots that well, Leicester did. It's kind of like what Everton did against City, but... We, reverse, right? And, no, no, and not, was, not even reverse. It's just we don't have the same sympathy for City. I wish we would have had an own goal from I don't know, say Connor Cody and and you know, and then we would be like, no, not disappointed. Listen, Liverpool well, may well, have deserved I mean, more. They're the better team. They should, right? But all I know is the one well, team I'm not actually scored. Or, to Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, Leicester were the only ones to score from open. You know. Open play and, and King's King Dewsbury Hall, by the way, tidy player. Um, He's gonna get picked up next year or this summer. How light is he? Probably like 140. I mean, what, looking 160. He's pretty stout. Yeah, but yeah. you know, going back to going back to Liverpool against Brentford, those are two disappointing results. If we're honest, let's be real. Um, sure, you yeah, you, no, you, you want to beat score Leicester, more. but well, and, and the bigger disappointment now is Nunes. Uh, you can't let that be unspoken. But his runs are so nice. You know, you can create all the chances you want. You're there to finish. His touches and, are and, nice. And his pa- his playmaking and build up is nice. <laughs> no, no, for real, like, he's good at all that. He's just not a great <laughs> finisher. Did did they employ? Well, well, but he he was a good finisher, and that's what he was brought there for. <sighs> so I don't think that comes off overnight. I I honestly don't think that. Maybe it's in the we they're using a different ball in the well, prem. Well, maybe it's because he's in England and all of a sudden he doesn't know how to strike a ball. Or, Look, yeah. man, I don't think none of that's true. Um, well, I still think Werner, he's a fantastic player. Werner was knocking in twenty thirty in Germany, and you don't become a bad player. But for some, like you can't be defined by one, like a bad run. Because he still scored a decent amount of goals. It's not like he hasn't scored at all. I mean, yeah, he scored as much he's, as like Kim Chi Hwan, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's like five or six goals. Yeah, yeah. He's I'm, not. A, I mean, in it's the world not. Of, it's not impressive. Uh, Mitrovic is and right, but and Mitrovic is outperforming who he is. If you want to tell me right now, if you had the choice between Darwin Nunez and Mitrovic, ah, uh, that's if, not if, fair. If you have, if you have to choose a club, if you're managing a club and, and you have to manage it for ten years, are you going for Darwin Nunez or Mitrovic? Does price come into? play here no you just have to pick one no 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 price price because it because if it's price i'm going meet no, 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 every no. day i'm telling you no i'm telling you you just pick one to start your franchise or your 
club. So wait, which which one has the the goal scoring record for championship? All right, check Mitrovic, mm-hmm. who currently has I don't know, I don't have it, maybe fifteen or more goals right now in the league, and of some assists, Mitrovic. Mm-hmm. So so logically speaking, you're going with Mitrovic. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, especially once you from looking for the, the future, price. If I'm looking at the future, I'm going with Darwin Nunes. If and they're both the same price, well, I, I admit, and, and even then, you know what? The way I see more. it, it's like, and then people won't want and to you give. You know who the best, who the better players? Well, I think Dar- Darwin Nunes is more versatile for sure, and that might make him better. But as far as being a goal scorer, I know who's better, and I have my answer, but. For me, Mitrovic's package is kind of remnant of like a very retro striker that used to exist in the Prem. Like your Zhekos, your your Berbatovs, you know. Those motherfuckers, they're just here to score, man. That's what they do. Oh, no. Ber- Berbatov had so well, much. Well, no. Ber- Berbatov is, is a little different. Maybe, uh, maybe, he was maybe Giroud. Maybe Diego Costa. Yeah, yeah. Similar, maybe you want to compare him to similar. those guys. I was trying to compare him more to Balkan players, but yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, to be more specific. But yeah, sure. no, th- those are good examples as well as far as being like corpulent and stuff. But uh, it depends what, you, what you're looking for. I mean... Because I think what you do get with Darwin is a better playmaker, more technical, can can adapt well, can to, to more space. positions. Yeah, but for for what he does with that, I think Mitrovic is is just more. And, fit- and I don't think what he's done now is indicative of who he is as a player. I it's I it might be a mental block right now, but I I do feel that he's a better player than than what he's shown. And, and maybe uh-huh. I'm not as kind to a lot of players as I am. Yeah, being to him right now. Yeah, yeah. But we all have our biases, right? Well, for sure. I mean, but I, I, even before he joined Liverpool, I, I thought he was a bit overpriced, uh, overpriced and for overhyped sure. and overhyped. For, sure. for me, he was overhyped. I'm sorry. I mean, there's there's a guy there's guys right now in, in the Portuguese league that are lighting it up. Rafa, you know, uh, who also plays for Benfica. It's just a bunch of who guys. That? Well, that's the thing. Nobody knew about Darwin Nunes until the until the stats started piling up. But you'll see. I mean, look at this guy, Gonzalo Ramos. I mean, that dude looked like a world beater in the World Cup, but. For I think one game, <laughs> the big mistake from maybe Liverpool. Well, and, and well, this is what football fans do in, in general. Is one player has like a good streak or something, and all of a sudden they're the best because their team is linked to them. Like well, Chelsea fans swear that Enzo Fernandez is, is the end to their troubles, as if they really have any, as if the other teams aren't aren't well, he's, better. He's a tidy player. He's great. Yeah, I I, I, I love him as a player. It's kind of like what you're saying about Mudrik too, though. Like. So why right. it's, it's one season more all, or less all of a sudden and then and that's why I feel like Darwin so, happened too. So let's like like to kind of put it in perspective. All Arsenal fans really want is Mudrik right now. So all they're doing is playing his is like his highlight reel, right? Yeah. And if City, if Chelsea gets him and he does shit for a year, in a year's time they're going to be tweeting, "Oh, dude, I'm so glad we dodged this bullet." Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, we're fickle that way. Well, I, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it but you take your L's too, though. Chelsea took their L with Werner. I think Liverpool eventually will have to take their L with Darwin. I, oh, I, I, oh, you think he's going to end up not being good? I don't have this. I mean, I have no indication. He still could be a good player. I just don't think I don't have any indication that he's going to be who people thought he was going to be. People were including him in conversations with, like, 
I mean, I hate to say it, but he was directly compared to Holland, which I think was unfair well, uh, yeah, to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but he was already starting to be thrown up there. Like, this guy's the heir to Suarez. And, I mean, they just rushed a little too we, too fast and, into that. And, you know, we forget how good fucking Suarez is. Uh, well, that guy's it, so like, good. what is... He, like Suarez he's, is still a great fucking player. I man. think uh, it, when it's all said and done, you can make the case that he's the best South American striker, with the exception of Ronaldo. He is the best. Uh, guys that rival him are like Batistuta, maybe Romario. But for me, Suarez, what he did in the modern game, I have mean, seen, to us, have fucking seen, amazing. Have you seen the clips when he was at Liverpool? Yeah, just the game he against Norwich some, alone. He yeah. was doing some stupid shit. Yeah. And I saw like a 10-minute video the other day. I'm like, yeah. fuck, I forgot how fucking good he was, man. Hey, you got to be careful and, and with was, those videos, though. He was only, yeah, I know. I but, mean, because you but, throw him on two minutes but, and you got to bring the lotion for, out, you know? But for uh, Suarez, it's accurate. No, yeah, for no, Suarez, it is. It's accurate. It but, is. I'm just saying, like, and he it'll arouse silly. you. He was silly. Oh, dude, fully <laughs> bricked, fully bricked. Nah, he's so good. And I remember, uh, you know, I was in like, I was very young still, but I was a, obviously I'm a City fan, but I would be able to appreciate Liverpool differently because they weren't really direct rivals. So I would show my pops his highlights and he'd be like, fuck, you know, or he would come out on Telemundo because he's a Latino, right? Obviously, they're going to show his shit and, and be like, wow, this motherfucker, you know, he did it again. He did it again. He and and it he again. broke once he broke the record. Was it 38 I, goals or something like that? Some, yeah, something like that. I was like, man, yeah, this guy's very special. Uh, but anyways, going back to Darwin, I don't want to say it's 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 Dundada and any or anything, but. What I've seen so far isn't promising, but I've seen players have bad starts and, and you know, maybe clean it up in the future. But What would be, like, a satisfying end for him? 15 goals? 16 goals? Yeah, I mean, that would be very good for like, him, actually. Like, like, for you to see him as not, not a waste of $100 million. This is unfair, but I need him to play like Luis Diaz. And that's a guy who's not even statistically known, you know? Like, I mean, he's good statistically. He gets his goals, but I, I'm not even putting a stat on Darwin. I just need him to stop making elementary mistakes, you know? He's making very bad mistakes. Like, I sometimes, sure. I'm like, yo, like, is this guy glitching? Like, he gets to the goal, at least test the no, keeper. No, the, the shots that he's done wide, and it's been so many now. It's a bit it's oh, puzzling. Do you, know, do you know how to strike a fucking ball? Because yeah. I can do that. That's that's so shitty if you're like a Liverpool, like the owner. You're like, Yo, you don't do make we the, spend you don't make the keeper make a save. You you don't you don't challenge him. It's crazy, right? It's, it's, this this is ridiculous for you to be worth so much to blink to be thought of at such a high level. And obviously, he's doing something in training. He wouldn't be starting if he wasn't. What the fuck? Do something, mm-hmm. asshole. But anyway. other than that, I mean, he's been good, like, as far as, like, build-up and, like, playmaking. You want him to score. Well, yeah, yeah. And that's the fucked-up part. I think a little bit of it also has to do with the fact that he's probably running in the same areas that maybe Salah does. and Well, he doesn't even have to worry about Luis Diaz. But that might have to, something to do with it. Because he's not naturally a, a full-out striker. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Anyway, moving on from that, on Monday, or no, on Tuesday, January 3, Arsenal versus Newcastle. That's another nil-nil. That's two nil-nils for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. They haven't conceded, but they also haven't scored. Um, I don't know. I think... It was a, it was a pretty shitty game. 
it was very shithousey from Newcastle. I will say. I know. I think it went both ways, but Newcastle were more more, more of the aggressors more, yeah. for sure. Well, yeah, and time wasters and you know, physically, all that. yeah, they they were a lot more imposing. Because I mean, as far as football goes, Arsenal still did their thing. They're, they played they're, better. They're yeah. they're a team that that has more possession. They're going to get more shots. They're going to create a little bit more in terms of getting into the final third. They still want to walk it in. That's my problem with with Arsenal. You know, fire a whole lot from outside and football as a whole. I think it's becoming a lot more reserved in that sense. Where yeah, well, you look at the way Newcastle played. They they were so condensed in the box, so they eliminate shots from the outside. And then if you notice, Arsenal were were having success down the wings, and so many times it was Martinelli or Saka making like beautiful moves on the byline. But the moment that they're gonna do the cutback, it's a it's a wall of Newcastle players. So so many times going to corner or deflected and and back out to yeah to the field. And and I think and the City struggle from the same thing. And Newcastle defended pretty well. They did. No, they did. And it, it was kind of shameless for a team in third place to play like that. I mean, I hate it, but at the time, I was rooting for them. I was like, man, you know, a result, uh, a draw is good for, for, as a City fan. Uh, but, I mean, really, if, if you talk about who deserved more, you, you do lean on, on well, then we talk about, Arsenal. Then we talk a little bit, little bit about maybe a pen call that should have been called. Oh, maybe yeah. one or two. I, I didn't I didn't think either was a pen. There was a there was a handball, but there was also one where uh, Inketia was thrown. Inketia was thrown. Like I, I think it was pretty uh, obvious. That I, he, I think like there was there was a I moment where throw, oh, like, fuck, who's uh, the defender? He's the tall one. Shar? No, the other one. Botman. I think he's Dutch. Yes, Sven Botman. Grabs him, and you can see. And uh, Ketia throw Ketia, himself. No, and Ketia go for the ball, and this dude, you can see his arms shift over, throwing Ketia. He's a lot bigger. It was pretty obvious. And then, and then there was one with uh, with Gabriel, but that wasn't, you know, I don't think that was nothing, nothing because Gabriel's a pretty big guy. But when Ketia got thrown, man, I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like it was pretty obvious. Um, I think I think I have it saved too. Hold on. Just a quick sec. Ah, uh, man. I'm not going to give them the benefit. As yeah, no. Oh, I didn't save it. Fuck it. I don't care. Um, I mean, in the end, you know, uh, penalty or not, they didn't score. So that that's what it turns into, really. Yeah. So I don't really have a problem with it. Um, both teams are top three teams. Top two? No? Top three. Top three. Oh really? I thought they leapfrog City. They did with their win, and then City played. And they're one point off City. Oh, okay, that's not. Bad. So yeah, they're top three teams. So in, in the end, uh, a draw isn't so unjustified. Uh, so yeah, I guess. <laughs> After that, uh, Everton played Brighton. Brighton put the beating on them, and Everton continued to be a, a relegation bound team, four to one. Everyone ate from Brighton. Yes, sir. I heard you're a big um, Kaoru Mitoma fan. Oh, no, no. I mean, I'm not actually. I, I'm just kind of indifferent to him. But, you know, everybody loves the new flavor of the month. And this is a good player. But people already want to crown him, you know. And I'm just like, <laughs> come on, man. That whole team is talented. Let's give it to the guys that have been doing it. You know, Tressard. 
Pascal Gross, I mean, Caicedo, I mean, so many good players on that team. Y'all want to focus on, nah, man, I'm, I'm cool off it. He's just a glorified Mina Mino. Yeah. yeah, sorry. But Mina was lining it up at Salzburg. Shit, so was Werner. <laughs> oh, it was a leap seek for him. But, uh, same difference, right? Uh, same owner. Yeah, for real. Uh, but oh, yeah, moving on though. The Tricky Trees beat the Saints, Southampton. Big, one big, nil. Big, big whoop, big whoop. And look at you, Nottingham. And they have, uh, you know, just a very interesting style of play, if I'm honest. I think honest. you skipped games again. Ah, uh, did I? <laughs> Shit. Yeah, Fulham beat Leicester 1 0. Fuck it off. United beat Bournemouth 3 0. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Rashford continues his scoring streak, and uh, he's finding some form, man, scoring-wise. He's finding some form. Uh, whereas he lacked that kind of confidence uh, uh, very recently, so it's good to see that. But anyway, yeah, Nottingham Forest beat Southampton 1-0. Yep. And uh, Leeds draw with West Ham 2-2. Had to come from behind to get that point. So that's two draws for Leeds. Not bad, huh? It's disappointing, but, you know, a point's <laughs> a point. Well, they're two relegation teams, so, yeah, you you would each one would want to win. Ah, so it is uh, disappointing on some level. They're all worth the same, man. It would be cool if, like, three points against Liverpool is actually worth six or something like that, but it's well, all I, I find it to be a little more significant. Uh, and, and in terms of like human mentality, I I would it, prefer to beat the big teams and and lose to the little teams any day. Draw against the little teams any day, as long as I know I'm beating the big teams or at least drawing with them too. Well, more often than not, I'm more content with that. Well, more often than not, that's usually the case with the better teams. Well, yeah. I don't think you're ever fully satisfied with a draw, but I think both sides will be happy with the point. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. With, with the way either one are on the table, both kind of need a win. What they And that's what they haven't had since the restart. Um, anyway, moving on. All right, next up is uh, Aston Villa versus uh, Wolves. Yeah. One one double hockey sticks. Uh, yeah. Goal by Dan, Danny Ings Ings Ings. And, oh, what uh, a great touch, man! And your boy uh, Daniel Boldense. Yeah, two of my more like cult hero type of players yeah. that I I kind of like my own personal favorites. Not really world renowned, I'd say, but boy, can they play their butts off? <laughs> um, yeah, one one draw. Midlands, mid an all Midlands affair. Uh, following this, though, two London sides duke it out. The birds and it's absurd. The Eagles against the Spurs. Hey man, four nil. It's about time, man. They See, don't score a whole lot. It's just topsy turvy. It's just topsy turvy. You go from losing two nil to Villa to beating Palace four nil. What am I gonna see next week? You know, it's just you don't know. They're hot and they're cold. You know, they're yes and they're no. To quote the great Mrs. Perry. Uh, yeah. Good on Harry Kane, though. I have him in fantasy. Uh, I'm loving that. Should have captained. Did you captain it? Oh. Nah, nah. Should have, oh, could have. That's a must. But think about it. Week. There's still grown grown men out there that still believe Darwin is going to come good. So 
Could be worse. Uh, it's me. Um, <laughs> you don't understand. He's just different. Ah, uh, come on. Just be patient. Just be patient. Yeah. He'll come good. But following that, um, we'll get into our uh, previews, I guess. Um, you know, two top-heavy sides. Two uh, blues. Two blues. Blue moon. Chelsea, Manchester City. You saw me standing alone. Wow. Um, without a dream in my, my heart. Without a love of my own. Um, yeah, this should be a good a good showdown. Um, I think with a, a, a very injury rattled uh, or injury ridden uh, Chelsea side, I can't see anything besides a, a dominant. No, 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 no. Be, go ahead, be cynical. No, no. I mean, let's be real, man. I think, uh, I mean, aside from Ruben Diaz and Laporte, I mean, we're not missing Walport. a whole lot. Laporte, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just find it hard for City to lose this. Even though they're, they're you know, they're not at home, I just think they're going to they're gonna do bits. I'll, I'll do a 2-0 for City. 3-1. Yeah, yeah. we're trying to do the Laporte thing. It's can't pretty tough. Get it. yeah, uh, he's very big in the EDM scene. Yeah. Well, he's very big everywhere. DJ Ime. Hey, yo! Yes, sir. Uh, Thursday, January... Tw- Wait, hold on. That doesn't make sense. Oh, shit. Oh, there's going to be a FA Cup. FA Cup. I don't know if you want to get into that or you want to just go over the major <sighs> ones. Yeah, let's do that, man. Because on Friday, we do have a major laser. That's uh, Man United against Everton. Oh, I think United should have won that quite comfortably. Yeah, 2-1. Following that, uh, wow, I love that Spurs-Portsmouth matchup. Just just for the fact that it's like, uh, it's Portsmouth. It's a team that I've always wanted to see come back up. But really, none of the games here are too significant, if I'm honest. I guess Liverpool, uh, Liverpool Wolves isn't too bad, but Liverpool should win that. Uh... On Sunday, we have... Oh, wow, I forgot about this. Uh, City played Chelsea again in the FA Cup oh. <laughs> on Sunday. Well, that's going to be that's tiresome nice. for both teams. Ah, man. God, at least they don't have Tuchel anymore. And then, yeah. They, but uh, they got Green Potter. Okay, yeah, Pop Potter. Er, 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 er. We East James, James, James. Wait, he's hurt, hurt, hurt. Being uh, in hot, hot, hot. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that that wraps it up for all the games. Uh, we will have Carabao happening as well in quick succession after FA Cup. Strange times, but uh, we take it in uh, in stride. And uh, yeah, uh, one thing I do have to say about Arsenal, since I guess this is close to our departing time. We cannot forget one thing, ladies and gentlemen. There is one team has been better than us. This is the reality. The reality Arsenal has been better than us so far. And that's all I'll leave it at for now. Uh-huh. I just want to honor Pep in his prophetic ways. He said that at the beginning of the season this year. And he did not miss. Um, shout out to all the Gunner fans. Enjoy it for now. You know, keep it warm for us. And I, just, I, I, it, I can't like, wait for that matchup. The, like the thing about a lot of the, the Arsenal fans right now. Uh, is they're becoming quite unbearable, and it's because Arsenal haven't been on top and haven't been as consistent and it's as strong been a decade, yeah, for a long time. So, Very long time. So, yeah. so 
They haven't been there. And they're acting up. And they're so getting so very like, petulant. Just please allow them. Allow them. They're getting very... No, no, don't allow it. Don't, don't excuse it. Like, but this is not me excusing it. This is me explaining it. Oh. So, so this is why they're being so unbearable right now. What you choose to do with this information is up to you. But I can see that... That one, they're being very victim. Victimized. Victim complex. And very loud and very rowdy. They're getting arrogant. They're... they're Talking about players that they might get or they want in terms of already having them. I don't agree with that. Oh, that, yeah. Part of the, part of Arsenal too, and part of the appeal for me growing up and, and kind of liking them and being, and, and, you know, following them, you know, from the corner of my eye is not that I, I will never say that they're like an underdog. Because they have too much money to be that way. Too much popularity, too much history. Yeah, they have too much of all that. But part of it was that that they were very good at identifying talent and developing it. And you can see it with Martinelli, with Saka, with Emil Smith-Rowe. Um, being, picking up someone like Shaka, Tomoyasu, Kieran Tierney. Um, even splurging on Ben White to an, to an extent. Versus always getting a big name, which they never really did. They always like found a way to get a good name or to develop someone that was kind of coming up. So they never had that that sort of like Manchester United or Chelsea sort of thing where they always looked after a big name and big signing. But now the fans are acting like they're like that, which is kind of becoming concerning. Yeah, and those kind of statements and that that kind of. That kind of craze from the fans affects the ownership. So, <laughs> I, like, I like I, I don't want Arsenal to turn into that kind of team that they've never been, even at their biggest moments. Well, they've always thing, been very good at, at at getting people and developing them. Yeah, I so. will say though. I mean, just to quickly, because I I do want to pretty much end it with Arsenal because I think they are the best team right now. They can't have the walk. Yeah, and but. Let's let's keep it a stack. I mean, they're they're currently on pace to even break City's record, and, I, and maybe that's crazy to expect, right? But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I mean, right now they're as as well off to a start than any team has has been, you know. So it's Ever. it's insane. But you know, a lot of football still to play. They're We're not still, even but, halfway. But you know, you know, you know, the realistic side of me also is they're so young that I don't think they're going to sustain. It. I think they can still win it, and they're in a very good position to do that. But to think of them as getting a centurion mark, I don't know if that's going to happen. Hard to expect that, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to expect for anyone, even the team that did it. But anyway, anything else? No, no, I mean, that was pretty much it. Uh, You know, I'm so delighted to be able to enjoy these games. You know, I I feel like I've enjoyed them even more so now. Yeah. Ever since the World Cup. I, 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 right. I, I'm more appreciative of it. I'm appreciative of this all the time, being able to talk football, because these past years, maybe I wasn't always following it so diligently and following it from every angle. There's times where we get into deep conversations talking about Southampton or uh, the fixation of the day might be Brentford and what they got going on. I'm just saying, like, it's so well-rounded that every match week means a lot to me. It's like, oh, hell yeah. Like, I'm watching it develop 
and I've seen some great teams go before our eyes during this whole podcast, you know, so it's cool because it's a new chapter. Ever since we started the pod, it's always been City, Liverpool, City, Liverpool. It's nice to have yeah. another another horse in the race now. Yeah, and even United are kind of sneaking back in because oh. they're, they're on a very good streak themselves. No, they are, and I, I mean, I'm not saying I was on to anything, but... I knew that once I said before, if you guys get Ten Hag, your your problems are almost as good as solved if you adorn them with the right players. And let's be real. I mean, uh, uh, Casemiro's been amazing. Oh, he's been a revelation. I mean, and, and the guys that he's gone after, some people are like, oh, he's over the hill. How does he fit into your system? Erickson, another guy. I, I'm sorry. He's yeah, kind of revamped. Been, he's also been very good. So, I mean, yeah. You know, it's funny. a lot to pick like, from there. And, and it's just like the timing of it just looks so bad. But... I've been doing a whole lot to to distance myself as being a United fan. And on Christmas, my brother, he's like, here, here you go. He's a fucking United jersey. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, man. Fuck. Like, <laughs> now you pull me back like, in. Now I got to commit. In. Now, now, I have to, like, now I have to commit. And the fucked up part is the first day I wear it, I spill some shit on it. Hey, you know, that's that's life, right? That's life, man. I'll get it. I'll get it dry clean, bro. Don't worry. But, yeah, I, I guess... I guess I have to commit now. <laughs> well, hey, man, I mean, I'm just glad they're competitive again. Uh, I can't wait for the next uh, derby. You know, it should be amazing. Oh, yeah, it should be a lot better. For sure. For anyway, sure. two guys, two mics, a buck 20, and we're fucking out. Happy New Year. And this is the final whistle. <laughs>